and Michael Remus. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Getting ready for tomorrow's Winnipeg Jets home opener at 3 p.m. at Canada Life Center. And uh, can't forget about the Manitoba Moose home opener tonight as the Moose take on the Calgary Wranglers. Very, very busy hockey weekend at the downtown arena. And we're going to be all over it today on the program. We'll talk a little moose later on. We will have Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And, of course, we'll have a Friday Marbles race. We'll also break down all of the Jets news this week, the extensions, the opening game in Calgary, and a look ahead to tomorrow with our good friend Murata Tesh of The Athletic. And I'm very much looking forward to our very good friend, the sports rabbi himself, Matt Leibel, coming on. Remus mentioned yesterday he'd been getting heckled over the course of the last six months for jinxing the Jets last year. We need a blessing. We need a blessing from the rabbi. So uh, Matt's going to come on. We'll chop it up, maybe talk a little football as well. Always great to have Matt on the program when he joins us today. So um, going to be a fun one. Um, we do have, by the way, for every, well, I'll let Remus uh, fill you in, folks, uh, because we do have some tickets for the Moose game coming up on Sunday that we'll be doing through our membership list. Um, so you can keep an eye on that if you're looking to uh, maybe get out and see Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius. And uh, the uh, next generation of Winnipeg Jets start their season this weekend. But the big focus with the Bombers on the bye this weekend is going to be on the beginning of the home schedule and the Florida Panthers coming to town tomorrow. Don't forget, 3 p.m. is puck drop, but at noon, the party starts in the plaza had a great conversation with Jason Petrick of Petrick yesterday. They're, uh, the Petrick boys are going to be uh, headlining the party in the plaza. We've got a great cover band earlier on that will be very entertaining for people to get there a little earlier. And then they'll be doing the national anthems as well before the game tomorrow. So um, if you haven't already, grab your tickets for the game. Uh, even if you're not, maybe you're going to be at Boston Pizza watching it. Get on down early and be part of the uh, the fun Welcoming in the new season on home ice tomorrow, beginning at noon until 2.30. And then, of course, get to your seat early because the biggest unanswered question of the season will be revealed before the game tomorrow night. What's everyone's goal songs? Well, we'll hear that when the guys <laughs> when the guys are uh, introduced tomorrow. Um, so we'll get to that in just a minute. Just before we bring in Michael Remus in, a big thank you to the amazing sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada just finished the lock shop over on the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. No Dusty today as he's in transit to Calgary, but Jake and Pat from Cool Bet and I jumped on it. We got our partner Parley set up. We made our best bets of the week, gave you Dusty's as well. 
So you can check that over at Edmonton Sports Talk or subscribe to the Lock Shop Podcast if you haven't already, wherever you get your favorite pods. Also want to thank our friends at Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports and Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, it's not the weekend without a little CC, Manitoba Battery, Modern Man Barbershop, and Aquatech. Let's get Remus in here. And Rima, I know you're fired up for the intros tomorrow. We, we The power of poll is ready to be made for Monday's show. Yeah, should we start going over uh, the Jets' goal songs from last year and say, okay, Who's going to keep theirs? Like, how in-depth do we want to go on this school song analytics and analysis? A lot of people have been asking, and it was revealed, that they will have new goal songs. And we, you and I said that if anyone's going to change theirs, because, look, we got the intel from Kyle uh, Baller, who does game production. He said a lot of the players, you know, didn't maybe didn't understand the task at hand and didn't weren't sure how it was going to play out in the arena. So Mark Shafley picking... The Greatest Showman, while it has a great name, it didn't exactly get the crowd fired up. Like, um, who had Montel Jordan? Was that Dylan DeMello or Nate Schmidt had uh, Mambo <laughs> number Nate. five? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Those are good ones. And, I mean, Dubois probably had the best he one. He had the best one. Because he you could the- also say Dubois. Um, I think there'll be something that rhymes with do coming up on Tuesday night for uh, for old PL, but um, it might not be <laughs> his goal song. But yes, as I said yesterday, Big J WST breaking news. I have confirmed that Mark Shifley will have a new goal song this year. So should I tweet that? Where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You should. should I tweet it out? <laughs> tweet it out with hashtag BN for breaking news. Yeah, Tony Valeri, fifty-five must change his. It's happening, and and I'll say this on paper, like the name of Shifley's goal song was absolutely the coolest. Um, the greatest showman. I mean, what a great name for a song. It just, I, I wasn't really familiar with it or know where it's from. It didn't hit like some of the other ones. So uh, I'm not sure if everybody has a new song. If some guys are staying with the ones they had last year that they liked that were good, but I think the guys understand the, uh, the assignment maybe a little bit more this year than they did last year. And uh, Hey, bottom line, Hopefully we'll hear a whole bunch of them, not just in the intros tomorrow, but in the game. In Florida Panthers last night, Remo, uh, I mean, looked pretty good. They, they remind me a lot of Winnipeg in their first game. I mean, a massive, massive margin of uh, shots in favor of the visitors in that game. But, uh, man, Philip Gustafson just picked up where he left off last year. A brilliant performance for the Minnesota Wild last night as the Wilds got one over on the Panthers and Florida now uh, comes into this game in a battle of 0-1 teams. Both squads looking for their first win. Yeah, Minnesota. I was worried about Gustafson. I'm like, was he a flash in the pan? Was he a one-year wonder? Kind of came out of nowhere um, last year. So, But uh, look, got the shutout yesterday. Minnesota, even with all their dead cap space, looking good. Florida, I mean, they got so hot at the end of the year. Can they replicate that? I know during the year they had Barkov injured. Uh, for a lot of it, he's healthy. Uh, so we'll see a pretty good Florida team. And look, losing 2 nothing. I mean, look, you didn't score, so you're not going to win. But allowing two goals to Minnesota, I think that's pretty good. Because I think there's been concerns about Bob. You know, he was so hot in the you know in the postseason. But in the regular season, I mean, he get, was getting benched at times. So we'll have to see uh, which Florida team we get. Matthew Kachuk, we know what kind of agitator he is. And I don't know, will the team be as motivated to beat Paul Maurice as they were last year, or that's kind of like one and done? 
Uh, listen, I think that's far down the list of why they want to win this game the most. I think they want to get off to a great start on home ice. They want to get back to 500. They want to continue to build off the way they played in the first game of the season. They want to get a result. Will, for some of the guys in that room, will it be a little bit sweeter if they win at the expense of Pomo? Maybe. Um, but I don't think that's really as big of a story as it maybe was in uh, Maurice's first spot here. By the way, I'm seeing a few of you with a few shots at number 27 in the chat about being hurt. Can, can we wait till he actually is hurt or misses a game in the regular mm-hmm. season to start complaining about that, please? I realized that the preseason did not go as well uh, as was expected, and it was sort of mysterious why he was out. He was in there. Good news, everyone. Full participant in practice. All of that uh, hand-wringing about whether Nikolai Ehlers would be good to go was for not as we suggested it would be yesterday. He is good to go. And that really is the biggest news coming out of practice today, Remus, that uh, for anyone that was worried about Nikolai Ehlers maybe getting banged up at the end of that game trying to prevent the empty netter, no worries, in fact. And um, Ehlers will be out there with his teammates getting ready for the Panthers tomorrow when they drop the puck after the team is introduced at 3 p.m. Yeah, and you know, I had reviewed the tape, and it seemed like he did stop himself before the glass, and I didn't think it was. It didn't look like he. It looked like he'd slowed down considerably. So the impact wasn't wasn't what it would have been. You know, if he had like dove to break up that empty netter and then just gone straight in the board. So I was pretty. You know, I think they would have said after the game if it was bad, and they didn't really have any update at all. Um, I think you would have known right away. So he's fine. He's skating. And we did the over-under on Ehlers. The majority of people think less than 71.5 games. And I think let's wait until he misses a game before anyone gets worried about anything. And I think one thing, too, a lot of these has these fantasy uh, websites, they had marked him as day-to-day, which I think confused people. There was no official designation of anything. People were just assuming he was hurt because he looked hurt at the end of the game. And so I think people in chat were saying, well, he says that he's day-to-day. He had never been anything uh, officially. So I blame whatever fantasy provider, Yahoo, I saw had him as day-to-day, ESPN, moved him day-to-day. Nothing happened. It was, we had no update. There was no, they didn't practice. So he's on nice. He's fine. That play didn't happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Somebody saw some tweet from a doctor in California that... Oh, I saw that sort tweet. of speculative comment. I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, as I said... Let's live in the moment right now, folks, and let's deal with reality, not prospective things that can happen. Anybody can get. I will remind you that Ehlers, um, you know, listen, he has had last year, obviously, had that, um, what it was, sports hernia and surgery that kept him out for a long time. But other than that, I mean, there has been, what, he played 62 games the year before. There's the shortened season with 47, 71 in 2019, 20. Um, 62 and 18, 19, but his first three years in the league, 72 games and then all 82, all 82. Let's get some good vibes going for 27. This team needs him, and uh, hopefully he can be there and hopefully smash that over on games played that we were discussing here in the chat. Um, as far as the game goes, though, tomorrow night, Remo, I, mean, I think it's going to be, listen, the home opener is always fun. There's always a lot of uh, you know excitement and anticipation for it. Um, welcoming the team back and welcoming hockey season back. The same thing will be uh, for the Manitoba Moose tonight for folks that get out to the Moose game. Um, 
but I'll say this. I think this is sort of a, this is a very important game for the Winnipeg Jets and a very important homestand. Um, because with all of the positivity that there was coming out of the contract extensions and really coming out of the game that they played on Wednesday night in Calgary, uh, with everything other than the result being pretty darn impressive for the Winnipeg Jets, this is the beginning of a really tough three-game homestand to begin the season where they're taking on the defending Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers, a very good Los Angeles Kings team, and then the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. And, I mean, you don't want to have a start where you're playing catch-up from a disappointing start to October. Now, listen, these are challenging games. It's not like the Jets are going to be favored to run away with any of them. But I'll say this. I mean, I think the message from Rick Bonus has to be, let's build on what we established in game number one with the way that we played. And if we can continue to do that, it will give us a very good chance to win the hockey games, get two points, and you know, get off to the good start that this team certainly desperately wants. Yeah, and Vegas looking pretty strong here, two and zero in the first two games. I know they played uh, Nash, or no, they played last night. San Jose, who's projected to finish near the bottom, but hey, you can only win the teams in front of you. They're two and zero. The Kings, uh, they did lose in their first games uh, to Colorado, who just made new signing Devon Taves today. So, but I mean, they were in, they're both playoff teams last year, playing against the Eastern uh, Conference champions. In Florida, so yeah, this is a big homestand, and I think if you are the Jets, yeah, preach the message, uh, stay the course, let's continue the process. We played well, uh, we didn't get rewarded with a goal. Um, you know, the power play definitely had a different look with Ayafalo and Velarde. They're moving the puck well, uh, taking you know, I thought quality shots uh, from the slot going low to high, uh, really nicely, and uh, and I think look, a couple more games together for the second line that didn't have any preseason uh, will definitely be a benefit. So. Uh, I'm, you got to be feeling good about the upcoming homestand, but yeah, I, I didn't think about it. It is it it is a bunch of opponent, you know, great opponents. They're not playing, you know, who's at the bottom? San Jose, uh, Anaheim, Arizona, St. Louis, Chicago. Like they're not playing the bottom. These are top playoff teams coming up, so they're going to have to be ready. You know, there's a lot of people actually that think that Arizona is going to be a uh, it, it like could potentially be a playoff team this year. I'm not sure that I'm totally there, but we will get a chance to see the uh, Coyotes for the first time. They're taking on the New Jersey Devils, and no surprise, the Devils are a big favorite. Very quiet night in the National Hockey League as we get ready for a massive Saturday. But just tonight, Coyotes and Devils, and then we do get a little marquee matchup of the Pittsburgh Penguins and Washington Capitals tonight. Sid and Ovi, um, the great rivalry that's been building over the years. And I got to say, Remus, I mean, I'm not sure what my expectations really are for Washington. Um, I think they'll be better just because they'll be more healthy this year. They lost a number of big players for big chunks of the season last year. But I think the Pittsburgh Penguins need to, uh, they need something to go well for them because that was a real face plant to start the season. And as you very correctly noted, um, kind of deja vu with the way they ended the season last year, losing to the Chicago Blackhawks and costing them a spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The reason why the Florida Panthers even made the playoffs in the first place before they went all the way to the Cup final. Yeah, that's got to be a, a rough one for Pittsburgh. We're all ripping on them. Oh, you couldn't beat Chicago to get into the playoffs? You don't deserve to get in. If you can't beat lowly Chicago, the lottery winners, and what do they do? They load up, make some nice changes. We all praise 
Kyle Dubas, what a great job he did. And oh, they play, who do they play the first game? Chicago. And what do they do again? <laughs> Lose. I don't know what it is, but they can't seem to get wins against one of the worst teams in the NHLs. And Pittsburgh, a lot of talk about how they're getting older. And I did like the moves that they made, but you're saying, oh, Eric Carlson, you know, doesn't doesn't play any defense. He's all offense. Like, did they really need that type of player when you have Chris Letang? Can it work with both of them together? You've had this, okay, Letang, Crosby, and Malkin have been the longest tenured trio since, like, Jeter, Posada, and Mariano Rivera uh, going on, I think, close to 19 years together or something. It was something like that I saw. Very, very crazy. So, uh, you know, you want to see Pittsburgh continue. Crosby, under the radar, a great season last year. I'm not sure if they can really, uh, you know, keep hanging on. Like, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender, but we saw last year all he needs to do is get in and, you know, hope you get hot, I guess, right, with uh, Florida and Bobrovsky because no one had them making the final. So, I mean, get no in. No one had and them look, winning see- more than a game against Boston. Yes. <laughs> in the first series of the playoffs. Um, so anyways, it's, uh, uh, you know, the slow of the night tonight in the National Hockey League. Um, last night was pretty busy. Uh, I did get a chance to actually watch some of that um, Columbus-Philly game last night. Probably not the marquee I, matchup I that everyone, you know, Line ended up scoring late in the game. Um, but Philly, I guess the big play in that game was the... Uh, it, it looked kind of like a knee-on-knee hit on Zach Wierenski early on, uh, apparently. And shout out to Columbus. They didn't just do the he's out with a lower body injury. They said he is out for the rest of the game with a quad contusion. So I think a quad contusion better than any you know, possible knee injury. And uh, that was a that was tough one. But that, listen, both of those teams, I think, could have long seasons. Although I'm a lot more optimistic in the Seabus than I am in Philly. But it was nice to see our old pal Pascal Vincent out there getting his first chance at being the head coach. Did not end up in a win. Uh, but I think there'll be a lot of people in this market kind of pulling for Columbus this year with the former Jets and Roslevic and Lining on the squad, but especially Pascal, who was uh, such a big part of the organization for a number of years here. Yeah, I actually t- tuned into that game, too. Uh, I had, had the Blue Jackets top line, Goudreau, Line A. And Cole Sillinger on DraftKings. So I was like, come on, Blue Jackets, let's go. And Line A did score. Uh, had a nice what, nice shot. You know, he's good for that. But, yeah, the story there, Zach uh, Wierenski, injured last season and I think really sunk the Blue Jackets. Anytime you're out, you're top D. And game one, I don't know, I had, like, flashbacks to uh, Nikolai Ehlers missing training camp, a guy, you know, who was injured last year and then first time on the ice, uh, you're out. But uh, hopefully he is... <laughs> Okay, with nice of them to create a contusion. I don't know if you saw, I saw Ric Flair in the stands as well. So the Blue Jackets trying to get people out. Uh, and was there an appearance fee? Is he a big Blue Jacket fan? He was front row. That's uh, Ric Flair. At the <laughs> yeah, Blue the Jacket. nature boy. He looked pretty good too. He's uh, at times would look sort of rough over the last little while. And there's a lot of miles on that odometer. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, but uh, Flair was... Uh, Here's the picture. Is there, there it is. The nature boy, Ric Flair. I, I don't know whether he went in and did a big woo in the dressing room beforehand, uh, but Nate was there living it up. A lot of gold. He looks like Kirk Cousins on the plane back from that game last year for the Vikings. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weight around the neck on the nature boy ream. Yeah, and I don't know what jersey that is, if it's an Adam Fantilli jersey or not, but 
uh, the third overall pick yesterday has getting on the score sheet. A lot of eyes on these um, rookies this year. We saw what Zach Benson playing with uh, with Buffalo. Uh, Connor Bedard got an assist in his first game and then scored in his second. Uh, Logan Cooley, you mentioned Arizona. He's one of the reasons why people are high on them. And Leo Carlson making Anaheim. But it was Adam Fantilli getting on the board with an assist yesterday. So I don't know what jersey that is. I can't. I can't see. But as I'm here for Ric Flair at any sporting event to uh, pump up the crowd. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just got a great uh, tweet from, um, <clears throat> or an X post from our buddy <laughs> Jeff Paulson. Shout out to Jeff. Um, this is just following the uh, the comment about the goal songs being revealed at the home opener yesterday. Uh, Jeff said he hopes I have follows is you too. I will follow. Oh. Can you imagine the crowd screaming his last name over the chorus? <laughs> Would be pretty cool. <laughs> See, that's the sort of that. clever thing that could really, could really, really work. Um, as I say, I'm not sure whether he actually thought of that or whether they're ahead of the game, but that is a heck of a great suggestion. And it is funny. This has been mentioned a couple times this week. As, um, as newsworthy as it's been for the Winnipeg Jets with the massive extensions and all the conversations have come around that in the opening game of the season... Every single time we mention the goal songs, the chat absolutely goes nuts with takes, mm-hmm. suggestions, and a level of excitement. So that's going to be another great bit for um, everyone that uh, takes in tomorrow's home opener against the Panthers at three. Emergency show tomorrow, probably uh, rating all the goal songs. I think it's going to be maybe our most viewed video. A lot of stuff in chat. Just looking at some of the picks from last year, uh, Dave had archived them at illegalcurve.com. I'll tell you ones that should stay. Dylan DeMello with Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Neil Pionk, Renegade by Sticks. Adam Lowry, he's got to keep Sandstorm. Uh, what else? What's some other good ones? Dylan Sandberg. It's funny, the Hermantown guys go with the classic rock. Dylan Sandberg back in black. Um, who else do we got here? But Kyle Connor's got a Luke Combs song. Nate Schmidt, Mambo number five. And the other guy who's not here, uh, Sam Gagne with Mr. Brightside. That was one of the top... Definitely. songs as well. And, and, and Gagne scored a few times at home early on in the year, so yes. we actually got to hear it. I loved Wheelers, too. Um, <laughs> of course, he used to be Biggie Funk on Twitter, and of course, he had the Notorious B.I.G., <laughs> one of his favorites. So, that was a... Uh, that was fun, but yeah, they'll all be unveiled tomorrow, and then we'll see the team be unveiled to the home crowd with uh, the home opener. We're going to chop it up with uh, our pal Matt Libel, the sports rabbi, coming up in just a second. Um, before we do that, though, gang, uh, our friends at Modern Man Barbershop are waiting for you with the uh, best cuts and grooming services at eight locations in the city, conveniently located near you, including their two newest locations, Pemina Highway right near Bishop and on the east side of the city out on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com or give them a follow on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. Well, pool season is over. We know Aquatech are the uh, longtime experts of pools. And if you're thinking about making the plunge in 2024, you can talk to them about plants and financing. What you might not know is that whole home renovations start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add an incredible man cave to your spot, 
Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, shout out to Donnie and the gang down at Manitoba Battery. What a summer it's been. They've been uh, getting us batteries to dominate the summer, whether it's boats or ATVs or campers and lawn tractors. It's the less sexy part of the business but they do it better than anyone getting Winnipeggers and Manitobans through the Manitoba winter. The time is now to make sure that you're prepared for the oncoming snow. Check your battery at Manitoba Battery uh, 1026 Logan if you'd like to get a test. And if you do know you need a new car or truck battery, shop local. Get the best prices in town, period. Beating the pants off the big box stores. And even better, the service comes with free delivery. Anywhere inside the perimeter of Winnipeg in air for any purchase under uh, over 60 bucks. It's that easy. Go over to the website at manitobabattery.com. It'll get you hooked up with everything you need. Give their great staff a call at 783-8787 or pop down and see Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, the weekend is here. It's Friday. Might be a time to pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Martin, see what's cracking in the Canadian club section. Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is also the the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and WST. Maybe we'll toast a win and a new season for the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, CC and Ginger also available in 473 milliliter cans at your local MLCC, but also at beer vendors around the city. All right, this is going to be great. It is about that time for a long overdue visit from our very good friend, Matthew Libel, the sports rabbi himself, who uh, joins us now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Matt, looking like a million U.S. tax-free. Uh, it's great to see you, my my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that introduction, for that laugh. Uh, it's great to see Yeah, I was worried that... My unfairly earned reputation of the cursor of the Winnipeg Jets had had put me in the doghouse with Winnipeg Sports Talk. You know, I have this I have this interview with you back in January. The team goes on to a terrible downward spiral tailspin, apparently because of what I said. I get a chance to come on a few months later and talk about it, but then Quiet through the summer, quiet through camp. I was chatting with Remus and I said, you know, like if, if I, and I have to tell you, I'll tell you, like I got into the summer, I had random people talking to me about this curse. And I said, I need an opportunity to, like, we just went through the Jewish high holidays where we talk about a new book for a new year being open and how we want to be inscribed in the good book. I need to get myself back in the good book with Winnipeg, Winnipeg Sports Talk, with the Jets, whatever's possible, because I, I was feeling a little blackballed over here, Huss. So, Definitely I mean, not. <clears throat> Definitely not. And, hey, listen, let me just quickly take an opportunity with you on. Um, listen, this has been a horrible week um, around the world, and, um, you know, listen, we don't get into a lot of big geopolitical things like this, but, um, you know, I'm standing with you, with Michael, with um, our friends with the illegal curve, the entire Jewish community. I mean, it is just absolutely horrible what's happening right now. And I know this has been a uh, 
a really, really tough week for uh, for you and everyone in the community. So just before we have laughs and have some fun, I wanted to say that. Um, and I know I think, um, you know, the majority of people that are with us on the show or listening to the podcast um, feel the same way. Um, you know, it's important to uh, acknowledge and stand up against um, anti-Semitism and all sorts of racism. And uh, I, I think um, I'll join you and everybody um, in hoping that, um, you know, we can get to a place of uh, a lot more peace and um, a lot less tension in the community. So I did want to say that to you right off the bat, thank Matt, you. before we got going with everything. Yeah, yeah thank you. You know, I, I, I wasn't going, it's your show and we I, I didn't come on to talk about it and uh, I was going to leave it with you. Um, could have gone all sports, but I, I Hus, you know, you, you and me and, and Reem, we, we go way back for years, uh, friends, and uh, appreciate that so much as a as 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 a friend to me and to to the community. You know, I mean, like you, uh, you've got tons of uh, Jewish friends and friends in the community, and I think that you said it best. Like people need to get informed; they need to know what's going on. Very complicated, very emotional, and peace like that that's you said it so thank you thank you very much and i do i do want to hopefully get to the laughs and so may i share with you these two stories i i can't wait for them so, so may i share so i don't remember the date i know you guys have the dates on what the, the jets were going to play in montreal that night and they ended up losing losing seven nothing i i don't remember the date but i came on the show they were what first in the west I brought a giant bucket of cold water and just drenched the whole team. And then they lost 7 nothing. and then we all know how the rest of the season went after that. Was that a first story? I'm at a Jets game sometime last March on the concourse, 300 levels. I'm probably looking for you, actually, in between periods because you're, you're, like, you're a tough guy to find. You're kind of Waldo up there. i got to find you in your spot. I was kind of trying to make my way over there. And we, people were still, some people were still masking, I think, at the time. And a guy walked by me wearing one of those masks. And as he walked by me, he lifted the mask down and said, reverse the curse, libel. <laughs> I put his mask back on. And I'm like looking back over my shoulder, like, do I know this person? No, never seen him before in my life. I wasn't masked, so obviously uh, people, you know, the, I used to think that being on the radio, the fame and on anonymity of the radio was the best because people knew what I sounded like, but not what I looked like. This guy knew who I was. Thanks for the podcast. So and then, fine. So that's during the season. But they make it into the playoffs, whatever, tough off season. They trade Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm at Winnipeg Folk Festival. Not exactly a hotbed, for Winnipeg Jets conversation. There are Jets fans there, of course. Middle of July. Little brown juggles. <laughs> but it's not exactly like the hot topic of like Chevy's free agency and and, and what he's going to do in the offseason. And some like dirty, unwashed hippie just rubs up against me and is just like, man, I was I thought he would like I'd walked into him and he's just like, reverse the curse, man. Reverse it. He just said, what? Like, even here, Happy Fest, Peace and Love, Folk Festival, even here, I'm being singled out in the summer. The season's over. So, like, this this whole interview I gave with you has been following me for, for as you can see, for months. And it's just, I didn't curse them. I don't have that kind of power, people. I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> well, let's get off to a great start for the season. I got to tell you, I mean, I'm really interested in your thoughts on um, – 
the way this week started, I, there had been somewhat of a cloud over this team, um, you know, throughout the offseason. The thoughts that Hellebuck was as good as gone, that Mark Shifley was likely potentially being traded at one point. We certainly heard all of that scuttlebutt throughout the year. Um, and, and to be honest, I think that there was not very many people in the market, although we heard more and more that, you know, maybe things would be circled back to, maybe something would happen. But, I mean, I think everybody was stunned on Monday, Thanksgiving Monday, when we heard that not only Hellebuck, both Shifley had signed identical seven-year deals at eight and a half million. Um, well, listen, I mean, I, I've asked the same thing to everybody this week, but I'm just interesting. Uh, you know, you found out what was your initial reaction now that you've had a few days. What do you think this does for the organization moving forward and the team right now going into this season? It was wild. There aren't too many things that happen, really, even even in life, but certainly in sports, where I'm kind of surprised or stunned. Like you said, my friend Tom sends me a text of the picture that the Jets put out because he knows I'm not on social media. And he says, look, <laughs> like it's a true, truly a head scratching moment. I, I, I mean, I'm at the same time, I'm thrilled because these are great deals. It gets rid of the whole, we weren't going to have just one, but two star players in a contract year. And we were going to hear about it all year just the relief of getting rid of that was enough to get excited but these are great players a Vesna winner a top center the, the first draft pick first first round draft pick in the history that the team has been built around committed to the most of the rest of his career for both of them it's thrilling right and I'm not trying to do the whole curse guy thing again here but maybe like a lot of people watching and listening, I assume we share this as Jets fans, as Winnipeggers, we're always wondering, is there a catch here? I found myself kind of asking, what's the catch? What's the deal? Both of them, same term, same money, same day. When both of them, we were pretty sure we're going to be out of here mid-season or at the end of the season. Like, weren't we hearing that Shifley's a coach killer? <laughs> like, weren't we hearing that he was the big problem in the locker room? And now he's here for the rest of his career. And weren't we hearing that Hellebuck was kind of feeling like he was in a different place in his career than this team is in terms of their trajectory of winning a cup? Like, I'm thrilled, but there is still kind of this part of me, Hus, I think the part that made me so surprised where I, I am still a little confused by it because I guess I don't know what to believe as far as rumors go because it just didn't seem, it doesn't seem like this is what those guys wanted or even for Shifley, like what the team wanted. So I'm well that, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. And I've kind of talked about this a little bit this week, but I mean, obviously we've been, I mean, this has really been the story throughout the off season of the Winnipeg jets and God knows how much oxygen we've put into the future of the team and these two players in particular. And listen, you're right. I mean, I, I think that it's two different situations, which frankly makes it so fascinating that we got to the finish line with them signing identical deals. And we can talk about the message that sends to the rest of the league, to the players in the room, to the fan base in a minute. But, um, you know, from everybody that I've talked to, it seemed like, you know, all, all of those trade discussions and exploring that, that absolutely was real. I mean, that wasn't just you know, fabricated and they said, oh, don't worry, we'll talk to you guys at camp and we'll get everyone signed for long-term deals. That was not the case. With Hellebuck, it seemed like the perceived market 
and willingness to pay market value for what he absolutely deserves and has earned wasn't there. And maybe the timing was bad for him and good for the Jets with, you know, Vegas winning with a carousel of goaltenders. Um, But Shifley is so fascinating to me. I mean, he has been such a big part of this team. And listen, anyone that's been around the team that's paid close attention has realized that Mark hasn't really seemed like didn't seem like the same guy as much for the last couple seasons. We remembered how the year ended two years ago and what he had to say, uh, I'm going to have to see what's best for me and my future, which was pretty far apart what the rest of the team was saying. And I think that that one availability, I think in a lot of ways, sort of created that narrative. But, you know, for a long time, I mean, was never wearing jet stuff. Certainly we saw yesterday, like, I'm not sure he was in a good place. And to your point, I don't know. Well, I do know that there were certainly some people in the organization that I think were feeling the same way. Uh, obviously not everybody, though. And I think there were differing viewpoints. And when Kevin Sheveldayoff said, as we got into July, that we're going to let this breathe a little bit, um, I think both his agent and representation, I think, sort of read the room, read what was out there for Mark and maybe what wasn't. And had some time for some sober second thoughts on what really was here for him and whether the grass was greener. The other thing that I don't think we can, um, we can ignore is how different this team is without Blake Wheeler in the room and Blake Wheeler, whether he's the captain or not. Um, you know, for a long time, it sort of seemed like Mark was taken <laughs> under Blake's wing. Blake was the alpha. Blake did things his way. And listen, I, I'm not I can't get into details, but the one detail that tells you all you need to know is that this team cut a $5.5 million check to have Blake Wheeler, who had 55 points last year, no longer here and playing for another team. I mean, that was money spent for a lot of reasons. And part of it, I think, was you know certainly for a culture change in the club to really take place. And I think once that happened, the most interesting, if I could be a bug on a wall, to hear conversations would be the ones between Mark, his agents, and the Winnipeg Jets about where he's at, what he wants, because there's zero chance that this team invests that sort of money in Mark with this sort of a commitment that will probably keep him as a Jet for life if they didn't have confidence that, you know, he would probably be in a different headspace than he's been for the last couple of years. And now that we're at this point, Mark, uh, Matt, and I mean, listen, I've been one of the most critical guys. I mean, I, I'll own it. I mean, I didn't think that he was committed <laughs> here. I thought that there was a lot of playing for himself as opposed to the team. But now that that commitment has been made to him and he has made that commitment to Winnipeg and the team, now that Blake is gone and Adam Lowry is the captain of this club, I actually, and I never thought that I would get here, I have a, a brand new sense of optimism about how in seven, eight years, when Mark Shifley retires and we look back to his career, I'm hoping that these last couple of years where things have been pretty rocky really seems like a bit of a blip. He's completely bought into this club and he's got paid. There's no more worrying about a contract. Everything is clear. It's now about going out, being the best he can be, which I know he wants to be. There's no doubt about that. Help his team win hockey games and um, maybe prove a lot of people wrong that had doubted him or thought that he had um, sort of checked out on Winnipeg and the Jets. Look, I, I hope you're right. I share a lot of that feeling too. And the Blake Wheeler thing is what I was thinking too. It's so weird because from the outside, 
which for really almost all of us is where we are. Blake Wheeler looked like Mr. Hustle, Mr. Team, Mr. Give it every shift, every game, especially in those early years. Like I remember going way back our TSN days, Gary Lawless, right? Like talking about Blake needing to step it up in those first couple of years. And then he did. He became a 90 plus point guy. Like he was sensational. And you would think that if he were the alpha and that Mark Shifley were under his wing, that more of that would have rubbed off on him. But obviously, we like to think we know what's going on in the room. We really have no idea. And the con- I mean, especially, we, we need to see how this season goes. But if it plays out the way your optimism optimism would lead you and lead us to believe and or hope, and Shifley goes back and has another one, has another epic year and and kind of proves that all of these concerns of last year and the year before maybe aren't such a big deal at all, we'd have to draw the conclusion that Wheeler was part of the problem. I think we would have to. And it just well, they did. They spent five and a half million dollars to rid themselves of it. I mean, that that's the evidence more than anything. Well, yeah, except, the money. That, <laughs> except that was also a lot to do with his performance. Right? Like when you when you're a 90 point player, that's different. Like I realize he missed time to injuries and he still put up points, but not like he used to. Not the assist numbers like he used to, not the presence like he used to when he was on the ice. He'd lost a step for sure. Like, I mean, worse. Worst players than Blake have been brought bought out for more because they're not performing, period, right? So I'm not prepared to say that they only paid that to get his personality yeah, out of there. Well, let's but not, let's right. not make it look as if he was like a fourth liner last year. I mean... He's a third liner. Well, more often than not, second liner. Well, listen, he played in the top six the entire year, and he did have yes, 55 yes. points. So... I mean, listen, that wasn't I, – I think that was 1% performance, 99% culture. Really? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, like, do you think they that the Jets the captain, wanted though. to do that? This is the same guy they made the captain a few years ago, and everyone and was then, thrilled. And then stripped him of it last year. And I think that they thought that that may have gone was differently, he, and he, we learned at the end of the though? season. So, but did, did Blake Wheeler change, or was Blake Wheeler always the same and the team just thought the C would change him – or, you know, was he different when Bufflin was around? Like, you can never, I think we can never forget. Many people will say difference. that. Well, many people will Bufflin say, well, because, but like, it was literally a good cop, bad cop arrangement there. And, I mean, Buff famously said, you can put the C on anybody's chest, but I run the room. I, and, I mean, by all accounts that he did. Anyways. Isn't the, that the what one you thing... said at TSN when they tried to make me captain of the radio team? Isn't that, what, isn't that your favorite line? You can put the C on Bible's chest, but everybody's with us. Um, yeah, you, but anyways, right. I mean, yeah. we don't need to to, to relitigate all that because, I mean, it is uh, God knows we spent enough time talking about it. But where this team is, um, is, is in a different place. And I, and I, I have more... I think we learned more about the decision to make Adam Lowry the captain based on kind of where this team is right now going forward. Because Lowry, you know, is a guy that will play second fiddle to half the team when it comes to offensive glory. He's a guy that's going to be killing penalties. He's going to be taking tough matchups. Um, And as a guy that, you know, off the ice is exactly what you want in a leader. He's also been the guy that, from talking to people close to the team has often been the bridge from sort of that leadership group that maybe seemed a little bit separated from some of the rest of the club. He was that glue, that bridge. And if he's now the leader, 
I think he sets an example and sets a tone in that room that really does bring people together. And, you know, this team is different right now. Um, I know the blue line is pretty much the same. But if you look at the forward group, Matt, starting opening night, five of the 12 forwards that played for the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday weren't Jets on the 1st of March last year. I mean, we talk about the three guys coming in from the Kings, but I mean, Nemetsnikov and Nito Niederreiter, big parts of this team, they were only around for about 15 games at the end of and last season. they were season. both amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So, Can't wait um, to see a full year with both. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that, listen, I, I, really, I don't think for a second that Shifley signs this deal. I don't think the deal is there for Shifley to sign if the organization doesn't have a lot of confidence that a lot of the issues that he may have had, whatever the problems were, um, aren't behind him for a number of reasons. One, getting the contract settled, but also the new attitude and feeling amongst a team that I think will, as much as they said before, they were a really close-knit group. I think the potential of really being that actual team that wasn't there in the past is here based on the way things are right now. Okay. So I'm right there with you. And while I think a lot of the national and maybe even local pundits would say, okay, signings and new captain aside, this team on paper is worse than last year's team that started the year. I don't know that you can necessarily say that for sure. We had a couple of years of Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I think I was inspired for about 10 minutes collectively in all that time. So to trade him for these guys from the Kings, plus the full season of Niederreier, who I think is wildly underrated, and the full season of Nemesnikov, who I can't believe this guy keeps getting traded. It's funny. He keeps getting traded every year at the deadline because every team wants him, but for some reason no one wants to sign him, even though he brings all of the things that you want in terms of hustle and everything that we saw. So I don't think you can say necessarily that it's so much of a worse team. So let's say that they're even in terms of talent and paper, and they've got this boost from the distractions of the contracts are gone and a new captain, new attitude, as you put it. Maybe that's worth some more wins and everything. Isn't this still a team that's going to be a borderline playoff team fighting for either like that old eighth, ninth, maybe their ceiling is seventh or sixth in the West. Maybe their floor is 10th or 11th. They're going to get in, maybe get around, maybe surprise. I think the ceiling's higher. I, I don't, but, but like, I feel like we were right here last year, you and me. And I was kind of saying to you, why? Like, well, let me tell you why. I'll, I'll, captain? I'll, I'll like, tell is you. Is that enough? No, I think this team is way deeper than they've been before. I mean, if you look at the third and the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets right now, it's the strongest bottom six, I think, that they've had since 2017 20, was pretty damn good. I mean, once they'd made those, you know, going into that run. You know, where guess, you, know, yeah, you bring in had, Paul yeah. Stastny and you're running those four deep to the point where Adam Lowry at times was running on a fourth line. That yeah. was that. Listen, that's where you want to get to. But that team was second overall in the National Hockey League. And, you know, one of that, like if there was ever a time the Jets have been a true threat to win the Stanley Cup, that was it. We know, unfortunately, they didn't lose. They didn't win the Western Conference final and Vegas went on um, uh, to the finals. The talent was better, though. Like they had Lion A scoring fifty goals. Like they don't they they may have more depth, but 
there, I feel like there's going to be a lot of nights where this team's going to score two goals or fewer. And Connor Hellebuck can't win all of those games. The, you know, is the elite scoring still there? Well, I mean, listen, you got Kyle Connor. I mean, Mark Shifley, those guys are certainly able to do it. Ehlers, if he's healthy. And again, I know that's that's maybe a bit of a caveat. Well, he's, where where are we on Ehlers as far as like what we should reasonably expect from him for a full season? I feel like we've always expected a lot. And, and, and I don't know if he's, if he's delivered it, if he's ever been there, whether it's injuries or whether, like a long stretch without scoring a goal into the playoffs, you know, like what, what is Ehlers really capable? I think Nino Naderider is capable of scoring more goals in the season than Nick Ehlers. Like that's a more reasonable expectation for me. Yeah. I, I will definitely listen. It, it, given the same amount of games played, um, I would give you two to one on that, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, Niederreiter Ooh. will score 20 in his sleep. But I think if Nick Ehlers plays 80 games, he's scoring 30, no questions asked. You think he's so, playing 80 games? Well, I mean, there's only one way to find out, and that's get into the season. <laughs> I, I, but, but the one thing I will say, and again, we saw that line for the first time in Calgary because he didn't play in the preseason. Uh, right. I think in 10 to 15 games, we'll have a better idea about maybe one of the biggest the biggest keys in all of this is Cole Perfetti and how he handles playing at center with Ehlers and and uh, and Nino, um, I do think that we might see Nino and Iafalo switch at some point. But I'll tell you what: being in the building in Calgary on uh, on Wednesday for that yeah. game, the one thing that stood out to me, and I'm not sure how much you could see of it, you know, on television. Uh, Iafalo, yes, especially Velarde, the amount of puck battles that those guys won, the like. Velarde himself playing with Shifley and Connor, the amount of times that he won a puck battle or took a puck away in the offensive zone and reestablished possession. Again, it's one game, but at first look, if he's able to do that, I mean, you want the best way to take away defensive deficiencies of players like Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, spend the entire shift in the other's team's end. And he did that against a very good Calgary defense core. Um, and this is a guy that scored 23 goals last year playing third line, occasional second line with the Kings. The power play, I mean, the way they moved the puck on Wednesday, again, I know they were 0 for 4. Markstrom was brilliant. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things I think you can take, at least out of that first game, for what it's worth, that gives people some hope that not only is this team way deeper and you've got a better third line, you've got a better fourth line, that Rick Bonus can play more, but particularly those two guys coming over in the PLD trade actually makes this team better than they were, not just doing the best you can because you're losing a player like PLD, who at times was inspiring and other times was completely AWOL. No better example of that than the change between game one and game five of the playoffs last year against Vegas. Yeah, that was a disappearing act, and that was with Shifley out and an opportunity there. Even if you don't want to continue your career in Winnipeg, you're going to turn a lot of heads and make yourself some more money in a fat contract if you play well in those games. And he just was nowhere to be found against Vegas. He wasn't the only one, but I think he was someone that a lot of people were looking to. Look, I, 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 as usual, I love your early season optimism. <laughs> I, I wanted to... I wanted to have an opportunity to try and give a blessing to the Jets. Yes, that's what we're looking for here. The blessing that I would offer to them, to all of us, is if they are going to finish as a fringe playoff team, 
don't have a first half like last year and then a second half like last year, stay in the middle. But if you are going to have a first half like last year, keep it there. Keep it there. I want to say that my expectations are optimistic but reserved, and I want to bless them with the kind of season where they don't listen to anything that I say because I have no power and they exceed those expectations because Hustler has the uh, has the right way of looking at it, that, that it's another season, another year, and you got to play the games. And maybe it's always about the combination. Whether you're watching the baseball playoffs right now, all these teams have great regular seasons and then they fall apart in the playoffs. Dodgers, Braves, Orioles, Blue Jays. And the Jets, maybe they're built a little bit differently this year and they have that regular season success. And let's hope even beyond that. So no cursing from this no, guy. No, never mind. Never mind no cursing. I am inviting you right now, you and I, April of 2024, we're going to a playoff game together at Canada Life Center. Put it in your day timer right now. Let your wife know you're busy. Date and time, TBA, playoffs, and we're going to be there. And you will be able to then give a playoff blessing live at CLC before they drop the puck. As long as it doesn't conflict with Passover. Well, it's a long series, so, I mean, you can pick the games. We'll, uh, there's many games. Hopefully, What's game a long one, series? The Jets' first round or Passover? <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling the you. Jets' pass- Passover is going to last longer than the Jets' first round is my worry. <laughs> so are you reversing the blessing right now no, at the end no, of this segment? No, no, I'm not reversing the blessing. <laughs> Life is good. They took care of the right things. I've never known what I was talking about, so I don't know when I curse the Jets, all of a sudden I'm this incredible genius. But I just need to know on your on the way out, just switching gears quickly, because if I didn't ask you, I, I would feel weird about it. Do you like all the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing as a Chiefs fan, or do you find it to be just just way, way too much and you don't like all these new eyeballs on your Matt, on your team and your sport and your guy? As a human being, I believe in love. I believe in happiness. I believe in two people coming together and the sum being greater than the parts so did you hear what, uh, you listen, hear what al michaels blew up the internet with what he called dude, the, the, the biggest rivalry right now in sports is al michaels versus the producers of thursday night football that keep on throwing her up every time kelsey goes on there's um there's his uh good buddy <laughs> he called taylor swift travis kelsey's good buddy it's amazing it's like you make the call what will al michaels be remembered for in his career the miracle on ice and calling Taylor Swift Travis hey. Kelsey's good buddy. There's your career. I'm just happy. I'm just happy, and I think they've been very smart about this. Bring her if she wants to come to games. Let's do it against the Bears, the Jets, and the Broncos, because when the stakes are higher in these big games, we need Travis completely focused. Although, I will say this: uh, I think he really wants to show out every time she's there. He had a hell of a game last night, and they're looking Amazing. good right now. Um, but listen, as a, as a Jets, new though. as a new borderline Swifty, I know the entire the entire tour schedule. Uh, three nights in Miami, three nights in New Orleans, three nights in Indy when the series when the show gets going, and then off to South America. So my hopefully Travis isn't too love sick when she's in South America and we're playing important games at the end of the season. 
and he can still be the best tight end and help the Chiefs win games. I just love that. I just hope that we will look back fondly on this time and remember that for Kelsey, for the Chiefs, and even for you, Hustler, it's the beginning of a new era. Well, <laughs> listen, I, and I don't know if you caught this. When all this happened, my one concern was, and this is only 2% of the 98, that maybe this was some sort of a long play by Taylor to get to the real prize, Patrick Mahomes. And that would split up. That would blow up the dynasty before it even happened. So he seemed should, to be um, happy. It's happening right now. Nice win last night. They even covered. They usually don't do that against some of the worst teams. So uh, no, let's go. Mahomes would, Mahomes would prefer to slide out at the one-yard line <laughs> than slide into the end zone and get the cover because yeah. he's something else. But – I think if you get some time and your and your fan your your listeners and viewers check out Joey Votto on the Dan Patrick show making a pitch to be Travis Kelsey's backup boyfriend to Travis <laughs> Taylor's good. That's that's worth a that's worth hey, a check out as well. Listen, it has been way too long. Great to have you on the program. I I I would love to sit here and crank out an NFL convo for 20 or 25 minutes. So uh, one of these upcoming Mondays when you're available, let's do it. Um, and again, thoughts with you and the whole community, buddy. Great to have you on the program today. Um, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. We appreciate the blessing, and we'll talk to you real soon, pal. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you, Huss. Thank you to everybody. Have a great weekend, and go Jets, go. Another year, hope springs eternal. Let's do it. All right, there it is, the sports rabbi himself, our pal, Matt Leibel. And speaking of the Jets, again, tomorrow is the home opener, 3 p.m. Check out yesterday's show. Uh, We had a great conversation with Jason Petrick, uh, the Petrick Band, uh, great Transcona boys. They're going to be headlining tomorrow and doing the anthems. We're going to have food from the Hargrave Street Market vendors. The uh, mascots will be out there. Get there early, folks. Twelve to twelve thirty. Sorry, twelve to two thirty in Trunor Square. That's where the party is before the games. We'll be kicking around. Hope to see you there, and hope to see you in the rink for uh, the debut of the Winnipeg Jets on home ice. Uh, hey, shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too. Get on down to Vita Health in one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores. You can also order online at myvita.ca at their fully shoppable website with same-day local delivery if you order by 11 a.m. And right now, get a free gift when you place an order of $100 or more at myvita.ca. Of course, you'll be supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. And keep your eyes out for Health First Ashwagandha Supreme on sale all month at Vita Health. Um, You know the Wallace and Wallace are the fencing experts in town. Um, You see the fences and trucks all around the city. What you might not know, though, is Wallace and Wallace is also the leaders in overhead doors. And your overhead garage door had a lot of ups and downs this summer, getting you and your family to all the summer fun you had. But the garage door is about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. 
And that is Wallace and Wallace. And just before we bring in the always well-dressed Murata Tash, got to give a shout-out to our friends at F Apparel. Guys, if you're looking in the closet and realize you need to up your menswear game, there's only one place to go, and that is F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Getting married or in a wedding party, talk to the gang at F about a 15% discount when the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. 190 Smith Street downtown. Check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's ephapparel.com. All right, lots to get to with Murat Atesh, who joins us from The Athletic now. Murat, how are you, my friend? It's great to have you back here on a Friday heading into the home opener tomorrow. Hey, doing well. Had a lot of fun listening to that segment with Matt Leibel. Um, just, uh, just happy to be here, happy to chat. And, man, we've got a lot to get to. Um Listen, I want to focus in on the team, what we saw from the game on Wednesday, but I don't really want to bury the lead from this week. Uh, Monday, take us through. I've asked uh, all of our regulars this. uh, Monday afternoon, where were you? How did you find out? And what was your initial reaction? And where are you at right now on the dual extensions matching seven by eight and a half for both Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley? I was in my car. I was driving to a friend's place just outside of the city. I had some social plans. I'd received a tip to to pay attention, though. And so I was making some phone calls. And I think that, yeah, I don't want to go inside baseball too much, but I, I think that that Jets tweet that announced the signings was one of the more devastating moments of my uh, of my roadside pulled over on the phone young career as a journalist. I, I wanted that one. So um, so that was my afternoon. I don't want to get too much more into it than that. I shouldn't have said what I've said so far. <laughs> um, but I didn't wake up that morning anticipating those signings. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that much for sure. Um, not 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 nearly that impending. And uh, in terms of in terms of their value, I think Rick Bonus said it best, even though he wasn't the the star of the show on the Tuesday press conferences where he was asked, well, how are these contracts going to age? And he said, well, you know what? At the end of these contracts, they'll take care of themselves. They're in their primes right now. Right now, they're going to be good Winnipeg Jets. And I don't know if he meant to say it in a way that was like, OK, yeah, when they're 35, 36, 37, this could be trouble. But I think it, it acknowledged that truth. Um, I think Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg, here's my real takeaway. If you're the Winnipeg Jets and you don't want to rebuild and you make a few phone calls this summer and you wonder what the trade market's going to be like and you don't get blown away and you arrive at this situation, what else could you possibly do? You've got two guys who you know appreciate the city, who appreciate the culture, the fans, for an enormous parts of the team. And if you want to have, you know, a play at respectability, a play at being a win now team at a playoff spot at having enough of your foundation built so that you can build pieces around it because players care so much about winning and about trajectories. And if, uh, if it's, if you can't keep those guys, then there's a little bit of a question about the next wave of who's going to be around here. Um, you know, unless you were gonna you were gonna knock a trade out of the park, and I don't think that was the case. You had to keep them around, and I think that the the price points reasonable. 
The back half is dangerous, but, you know, teams get out of these things all of the time. Um, and for now, it keeps the foundation in place and makes Winnipeg a playoff contender, just like you were saying with Libel there. You know, one of the things that, I mean, stands out to me, I mean, listen, I was stunned. Um, I would have maybe been less stunned about a, a Hellebuck deal, but we thought that it would maybe be more money and shorter term, if that's the way. But, I mean, I just keep going back to, I mean, we were all in the room together at Canada Life Centre when the players spoke at the end of the year, and there was an element of finality to what we heard from Connor Hellebuck. And for two years from Mark Shifley, it sort of felt like the end was coming. Um, now that we've had a few days to kind of look back at this, where do you think everything changed, not only for the team, if it did, but for both of those players? I mean... Let me think about that, um, because my memory of, of Mark Shifley at Canada Life Centre this time around was that maybe he'd learned his lesson from being really open about his emotions the year before, and I can't remember what he yeah, said. Yeah, well, I mean, he my... did mention, he was asked about it, he did mention Steve Eiserman, yeah. and like I said, he, yeah. he wasn't, I mean, it certainly didn't sound anything like the year before, but it... I don't know, and maybe just this is because I had been talking about it so much and kind of where I was with all of it, but it sort of felt like he was just saying, hey, everything's open, but he, in a lot of ways, considering the way the season had ended, wasn't really coming from a position of strength, if you know what I mean, um, you know, with the way the season ended again this year. Um, like, my takeaway on this is that I think there was a lot of digging both by the team and the agents, and maybe there was a realization that what was expected or, you know, these guys are always told everything in best case scenario, just wait till free agency. There's going to be all out there. And I think that summer, both with the discussions of what was maybe on the table, if they were moved, as well as if they were moved, what sort of money would be out there was a little bit of a reality check for both of those players. And I think the Winnipeg Jets through their patience and quote, letting things breathe for a couple months and having those talks throughout the summer, I think got them back to a spot that I don't think was even close to being possible in April or May or even June. And here we are now with these guys committing to the team and the team committing to them for likely the rest of their careers. Yeah. I, again, like I, I, I go back and I, I just can't find, I can't find a thread where I felt like I knew what Mark Shifley's future was last spring. Um, and Kevin Shevel day off to his credit and to his discredit, I would say there's strengths and weaknesses to every approach. He spent that day saying he didn't have a plan for us. He needed to step back and assess and have all those conversations and things like that. Um, Connor Hellebuck at that time was talking about, or I mean, I asked, I asked this question because I remember those extensions he and Wheeler signed summer 2018 and they were very candid about how important winning was and how their belief in the team's trajectory was at that time. And I guess I inferred, my opinion at that time was, well, Winnipeg wasn't necessarily on the way up. So maybe that did mean that Hellebuck ship had sailed. That was kind of my takeaway at that time. Um, and then I remember reading that uh, LeBron and Russo article at The Athletic where, um, where it seemed, you know, that ship had sailed. Hellebuck won't sign back here. And I thought, okay, so... Now, what can Winnipeg possibly do about it? Um, and again, strengths and weaknesses to all approaches. Chevy didn't hadn't committed to any particular plan. He put his work boots on and got a pretty darn good trade return for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I think that that was the tone for me, the time that the tone changed. And 
you know, we were at the draft together, you and me, and and suddenly Chevy was talking about, well, hey, actually, Shifley and Hellebuck are big parts of our future. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes that week in terms of Shifley and Hellebuck. I don't know if it was an instantaneous, oh, wow, those players are pretty good. That changes, you know, I thought we might have to go a darker road than this. Maybe maybe there's a, a sense of, of optimism there. Or if it was more of a case, um, I mean, it would be partly a case of Shevel Dayoff probably feeling as though, okay, look at, look at the quality that I got. We can win now. And then interspersed with all of that, like I have to believe that trade conversations happened that some form of exploration of market happened, that a, a pulse taking of what other teams might pay by way of extension happened. Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, they're such a diligent organization. Of course they would have ex- explored those things. And if they were getting positive results, if they were getting blockbuster type return offers for those players or, you know, and if, if they got those offers and if those, those uh, you know, presumed extensions were, were coming back real big, I think, it would have been maybe easier to move on. And again, I actually, I believe Hellebuck and Shifley when they say that they talked all summer, I believe that they probably shared whatever opinions they had about those moves. I also think that, you know, in terms of what may have changed their minds, certainly not getting, you know, obviously they wouldn't have control over a trade, but not getting, big ticket contracts offered somewhere else or what have you. Maybe that plays a role, if depending on what those conversations were. What I'm trying to land on, Huss, is I believe them when they say that face-to-face conversations mattered a lot. And I think the single biggest change was on Winnipeg's side when Shovel Dayoff opened the playbook and he said to them, here are our plans, here are our prospect windows, here's what we're trying to do. I don't think either one of those guys had that much communication from the organization uh, on those exit meetings days that you and I, you know, we're, we're doing media for. And I think that mattered. You know, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, and I think this was, um, again, like you could probably go back in 10 or 20 years when someone writes a book on the first 15 years of, uh, you know, the Jets return to Winnipeg. This is going to be an f- amazing chapter. Because one of the things that maybe the most stunning part of it all in today's day and age when every agent is grinding for every single dollar and, you know, solely focused on their client, how two players, very important to the club in different ways, different positions, different agents, come together to sign the same deal on the same day. And I mean, I think there's a lot of significance to that. I think a message that it sends from them to the fan base, the community and the team, from the team and the players to the rest of those guys in the dressing room, um, that might have been the most stunning part of it all, Murat. And I'm very, you know, would love to know um, what your takeaway is that, that they came together. Like, if you would have told me who's going to make more money on an extension, I would have said that one of the two players had a bigger hand up on that. And the fact that they ended up landing on the exact same spot, signing it together in the same press conference, to me, is really significant for a lot of reasons for the organization. Yeah, I, I wonder whose idea it was first to make that such a transparent conversation between the two of them and their agents and management, because it seems like it was way more open than than conversations like that usually go. Absolutely. Maybe, 
maybe it was inevitable because Shifley heads down to Michigan each summer and he would have been skating with Connor Hellebuck and they would have been talking because of course they would have been talking every day about important things like where is their own where's their team going so like that is one of the most fascinating storylines of this from the Jets perspective too you know and Cheval Dayoff said something to this effect I, I won't be quoting him correctly here but it would have been nice to get one it would have been nice to get the other but it's a bigger deal to get both maybe that's just something he said to celebrate it because you know he did get both there's a part of me that says you really can't sell Winnipeg as a win-now team to any extent unless you got both. Without Hellebuck, LB is uh, is unproven. He hasn't played a full season as a starter. He's had injury problems. And yes, he played great in the playoffs, but you can't find a 50-game sample in a row where he stayed healthy and played great throughout all of them. So that would be a question mark. Uh, without Shifley, you've got... Cole Perfetti as your number one center. You you didn't come out of the draft with Connor Bedard. You can't really sell that. And I think that um, I think that for Winnipeg to do what Winnipeg's goal was and is, which is make it to the playoffs and give itself a shot, I don't think you could have done it without both. And if it was Shovel Dayoff's idea to to get them both in the same conversations, it was I think a brilliant stroke. If it was inevitable, because they were just talking all of the time, then that's an important part of the story because they're people, right? Shifley and Hellebuck are people. They have their days and their chats and they're all that sort of stuff. And they do some of the same stuff that we do, which is guess how good the team's going to be. And that goes into all of that, into, into how they perceive the team. And I think the nature, to just to your point that the book would be fascinating, to know the exact nature of those conversations and the amount of information that was shared I genuinely think that's a sea change for the Winnipeg Jets organization, a unique scenario, and probably the biggest reason why they were able to sign long-term. Murata Tesh of The Athletic is with us. Make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic and check out all the great content from Murat and the athletic team. Um, so let's move on from the massive news on Monday and Tuesday to Wednesday. I, I was there at the game. I I'll be honest, I, I was blown away by how great the team looked obviously it was a really sucked the way the game ended and um you know they didn't come back with a win um but um first impressions on the 2022 20 or 23 24 winnipeg jets especially how things looked with those three new players up front from los angeles yeah i tweeted it that night kyle connor said it that night rick bonus said it that night if winnipeg plays that well more often than not they're going to win that game and it was it was impressive to me to see not just the volume of offense they got, but the quality, the genuine, I believe this has a chance to go in quality of shot. And in a real small sample size, you can look at the heat map and you can you can look at the expected goals numbers and sometimes shot volume will crank those numbers up. And sometimes you watch it with your eyes and you, you just, I think back to that road trip in California at the end of last season when the Jets were out shooting teams all the time, getting goalied and losing. And there was quite a lot of consternation about the team. Well, I watched those games live in California last year, and my eyes, my guts watching that so rarely felt like the Jets were on the precipice of a goal. Against Calgary, so many of those opportunities were legitimate. So many of them were inches, were a skate blade, were a player just not quite getting it up, somebody dusting it off just a hair too much. Marks were making an incredible save. There was puck movement that preceded the shot. The goalie was forced to move. 
like everything that you would want to go into a scoring chance, Winnipeg had, and it had a ton of them against against Markstrom in Calgary. And I, I was particularly impressed by that. I think it's a good sign. The best sign for me, I think offensively, was the chemistry between Velarde Connor and Mark Shifley. Just watch, like if if you're out there and you're a nerd like me, just forget about the puck for a second, forget about the other team for a second. Watch where those three guys are on the ice at any given moment in the offensive zone. They will make a triangle. You will watch the triangle's shape change. People darting into space, out of space, their heads are up. They're always reading off of each other and they're always moving the puck into a slightly more dangerous position. I think that Velarde thinks the game so perfectly to fit with those two players. And that was the biggest piece of optimism. Um, the pessimism comes from the icing, the giveaways and, and that sort of stuff. And I'm sure you've talked about that all week too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, and I mean, it is somewhat ironic that we spent all of training camp talking about the blue line, Billy Hainala having, you know, the great camp by all accounts was, Pen, never mind penciled, penned into the opening night roster playing in that final preseason game. And then obviously that brutal injury where he breaks his ankle and he's out for a long time. And that's what Nate Schmidt got back into the lineup. And unfortunately, Nate was front and center on that icing and on that final goal. Um, but back to back to Velarde for a minute. And I'll add in Ayafalo as well, who, I mean, we can talk about the power play as well and just how good it looked, although certainly the results weren't there. Velarde's uh, ability to win puck battles in the offensive zone, um, strip the puck off other players, have his stick in the right place. I mean, there were a number of times where last year the Calgary Flames would have been breaking out. And he stopped them in their tracks, got the puck back, and next thing you know, they've got another 15 or 20 seconds of ozone time and are creating another chance. Like that, the, Shifley and Connor have not had a player like that. And that sort of synergy between the three, I, you can't help but get excited about what the potential of that line is. I think the biggest question, Murat, is how will Cole Perfetti fare in that number two hole at center? Can they continue going on that route? Or did they go to plan B, which probably means splitting that top line up and having Gabriel Velarde playing in the middle on line two? Well, it's good to have options for sure. And and I'm with you on Velarde impressing on that top line. I think one of the most important things is he's not just winning those battles, but you know, he goes into that corner, he goes into that battle, he goes into that situation, and his head is up, and he remembers everything he saw when he shoulder-checked on his way in. So he wins the puck and then puts it somewhere good. It's not just trapped on the wall. And I think that that's a really special ability. Like, I don't know if you... I don't know why I'm putting it this way, but... You ever ride shotgun with somebody in a car and you watch them shoulder check and then two seconds later, you have no idea if they actually processed where all of the cars were. You're not necessarily feeling super safe. Uh, there was a difference between that and and people who uh, who keep track of traffic. I think Velarde is the example of somebody who shoulder checks once, knows where everything is and, and, and all is well. Moving on to Cole Perfetti, I don't know if that analogy would work. So let's, let's uh, or worked just a second ago. Talking about Cole Perfetti in that second line, metrics-wise, great. The volume of chances that happened in Calgary's end compared to Winnipeg's end, great. I think there was a bit of, bit of squeezing the stick too tight from Perfetti on some of those offensive chances. That one pass, I think it was Morrissey from the left point to Perfetti at the bottom of the circle, 
you know, he'd like to get that shot off a little bit earlier. Another play, Markstrom robbed him just in tight, and I think he'd like to get that one over the pad. There were there were enough offensive opportunities to believe that they'll create. I still thought that there's you know plenty of chemistry yet to be built on that line. Sometimes it felt um, less like just a little bit more chaotic than say that top line that seemed to be reading off of each other perfectly. And I think that's a work in progress. If they can keep creating those chances, they'll score enough to make up for whatever defensive issues that they have. Um, I thought Perfetti was a step behind certain checks and all over certain other checks defensively as well. And for his first game at this position, I think that that's a perfectly acceptable amount of growing pain. I think that the optimism about his overall future in that position, you know, persists for me um, at the same time as I don't think you can sell it as he just stepped right in and dominated. And there's no good, there's not going to be any questions or anything to that effect. Um, Marat, let's um, look ahead to this game tomorrow. The Panthers are in town. I don't know if you caught any of Minnesota, Florida last night, um, but at times it felt a little bit like Winnipeg and Calgary. Um, Florida had a ton of shots. I mean, a heavy advantage in shots, and Philip Gustafson was absolutely phenomenal. Um, challenges for the Jets going up in their home opener against a team like the Florida Panthers that will make you pay for every inch of space and puts a ton on the net. Um, how do you think this team's matches matches up, and what are you looking for from the Winnipeg Jets in particular tomorrow against a team that, um, you know, Obviously had that great run in the spring. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of phenomenal playoffs. Even when they were here last year, Florida was out chancing teams all of the time. And I know that their record wasn't so good for the first half of the season, but I think a lot of that was bounces. They were getting goalied. Their goalies weren't playing very well. And they were having trouble finishing despite being all over the other team's end. And I think that there's every reason to believe Florida should be able to give Winnipeg trouble in that regard. And their forecheck will be heavy and it will be punishing it's kind of like an upgraded version of, of the Calgary Flames in a lot of ways. And I think right down to the right down to the shot volume when they're playing well. Like when the Flames have control of a game, they, they shoot a ton. Um, but Florida's a superior team. That will be a bigger challenge for sure. The other challenge too, and I, I don't know how Florida's handling its defensive zone this year. Calgary is in the midst of a, of a change from man-to-man to zone D or like a hybrid man-to-man maybe, but... Certainly, they're, they're, they're going full bore into, into zone defense. And I think that it's reasonable to think in their first game of their season um, that teams like Winnipeg with their smart players would be able to find space. I'm not sure to what extent that the Jets will be able to do exactly that against Florida. But that's the challenge. I know Florida's turned over some defense. There's injuries and all of that as well. Um, so I just, I just hope there's lots of chances at both ends of the ice. We can see the stars do star things, and we can see Hellebuck do Hellebuck things. Well, um, you've certainly had a lot to write about this week in The Athletic. Uh, no shortage of storylines around the Jets this week. Yeah, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, obviously Maurice in Florida in town as well. We got Pierre-Luc Dubois next week, and uh, um, I, I, I will have some good things coming for you. Yeah, I, I feel confident in saying that. There's a lot up there right now, including uh, takeaways from the opener, a big preview for the upcoming season that has now begun. It's all there at theathletic.com. Make sure to check out everything Marat's got coming for you on a daily basis over The Athletic. Have a great Friday night, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the rink tomorrow to get this season going on home ice. 
Right on us. You too. Thank Appreciate you. it. There's Murat Atesh. Make sure you give him a follow on X at WPG Murat. And again, all of his work can be found at The Athletic. All right. We're going to get ready for the Moose Home Opener for a few minutes with the Fink coming up right away. Of course, slow weekend in the Canadian Football League. Both the Bombers and the Lions on the bye after that big win a week ago tonight. Um, but we'll be back at it next Saturday as the Bombers look to clinch the West at home against the Edmonton Elks. Of course, the Princess Auto tailgate party begins two hours before every Bomber game. Get out there early and get ready to see the Bombers book another trip to the West Final right here in the peg at IG Field. Princess Auto, our good friends, uh, proud sponsors of us and the Bombers, the best place to find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto's Auto. Visit um, us online or in-store today. Two locations in Winnipeg, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Our friends at Consolidated Supply are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and golf carts, and the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. They've also got other great options for your property including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And, of course, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at their showroom. Consolidated Supply, open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Jet fans, you ready for the home opener tomorrow? If you need to upgrade the uh, Jets merch in the closet, maybe get a new jersey with one of the new players, Get on down to Royal Sports, Manitoba's number one sports superstore for over 40 years. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, as well as Bombers, NFL, and more. And, of course, with hockey season beginning, they've been the undisputed hockey leaders in town for 40 years with hockey players working there for you to get the best and right fit for equipment for players of all ages and skill levels. Royal Sports at 750 Pembina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina. Hey, big shout out to the gang of Boston Pizza. We've got some hockey tonight, Pittsburgh, Washington. You got some CFL action. And then tomorrow, Jets home opener, a full slate of NHL games. No better place to get together with friends for the big game than your local BP. Enjoy ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings. Gourmet pizzas and the latest from the BP feature menu. Staying in, you can order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, we're going to bring in Dan Fink. And um, as they say, I, I uh, we're just going to roll through this. We had a little bit of a, uh, a technical mishap. Thanks for the patience there, Finker. But uh, speaking of patience, it's been a long wait, but it's finally time to drop the puck on the... Winnipeg or the Manitoba Moose season before the Winnipeg Jets going tonight. What's the vibe around the squad going into this evening? Vibes are good. I mean, you look at uh, this team and talking to the guys the last couple of days, everyone just wants to play. I mean, they're done with waiting around. They're done with practice. They're done with playing against each other. They're done with exhibition games. They just want to play a real game. So guys are, uh, they are plenty happy at this point and, uh, and ready to go. So uh, the staff, on the other hand, are running around like crazy today. I'm sure you can uh, remember your days getting ready for a home opener, Huss, and uh, the uh, manic pressure that that, uh, that brings about. But uh, getting the building ready and getting all set for this home opener and really excited to kick things off. Oh, uh, Let's start. Let's uh, kind of go through the team. We'll start back in net. Um, 
I know Thomas Millich was hoping to be on the opening night roster, but obviously in the eyes of the organization, it made a lot more sense for him to go to the East Coast League and play a ton of hockey. So it's a scary Salmon and along with Colin Delia, who had a great, great preseason that's going to be uh, kicking things off tonight for the club against the Wranglers in Cal- of Calgary. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that uh, while folks would have liked to see Village uh, with the uh, the big or the uh, bigger club to get things going, he's going to get a ton of time to play in Norfolk. It's a good opportunity for him to adjust to the pro game, and uh, we know how things go. The odds that you see him again at some point this season uh, are pretty good. That uh, whether I mean you never want to see injuries, things like that, but uh, opportunity in the AHL does come about and. Uh, hopefully that uh, the opportunity will be there. But for the Moose, I think they're pretty excited that they're going to have uh, a pretty solid tandem between the pipes. I mean, Colin Dealey has had a lot of success at the AHL level against the Moose in the past with the Rockford Ice Hogs and, of course, played 20 NHL games last season. So uh, that's a that's a very, very solid option. Of course, Oscar Salmon had a very good playoff. So the Moose hoping he can build a momentum from that, a good summer. He's adjusted to both life in North America and, of course, playing here. I think you'll see him. Remember, he's not exactly an old goaltender, despite having some years of pro under his belt. So I think the Moose are pretty happy with a reliable tandem between the pipes. Uh, Declan Chisholm has made the opening night roster for the Winnipeg Jets. Vili Hainala, obviously injured, out of the mix right now. Um, fill us in on the blue line core and uh, the six that'll be getting the start tonight for Mark Morrison. That's a bit of a different look. I mean, when you... Look back at the last few seasons for the Moose. It's arguably one of the best blue lines that they've had in the franchise's history. When you run through Dylan Samba, Johnny Kovacevic, Billy Hainala, Declan Chisholm, Leon Gavanka, all these guys playing together at the same time and, uh, of course, have had plenty of supporting cast as well. Those are just kind of the well-known prospects and things like that. So uh, it's an adjustment period now for this team without those guys. So it's going to create an opportunity for some players to step up, like a Dean Stewart, like... Uh, an Ashton Sautner, of course, more of a veteran shutdown guy. Uh, Simon Lundmark, a second-round pick in his third year in the AHL now. You want to see him take that step forward. Tyrell Bauer, who is second season. But one guy I think the Moose are really going to look to to provide a lot for them is uh, Kyle Capobianco. I mean, here's a guy that's in the AHL. Well, he's had that NHL pedigree, 112 points in 155 games in the American Hockey League. Those are outrageous numbers for a defenseman. So I think when you when you see that you get a guy like that, an elite option at the blue line, especially for your power play, things like that, uh, I think you're excited about that if you're the Moose coaching staff. Uh, and as far as the group up front, um, you know, some top prospects for the Winnipeg Jets, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert there, Jeff Malott back. I mean, a few familiar faces, some exciting young players. I mean, how are things looking up front, Fink? It's a very interesting group up front because you got all those young prospects, but uh, the coaching staff has really sprinkled them around with some uh, more experienced players to try and kind of balance that out. So uh, you're going to see guys lining up. I mean, there's a lot of young centers on this team. So you're going to see Brad Lambert in between a couple of more experienced players. You're going to see guys like Danny Jilkin with a little more support, or there is a, a younger line out there. It's, it seems like Dominic Tony Dotto is going to be parenting at home and on the ice because he's got Chaz Lucius and Nikita Chibrikov with him at least to start out. So a couple of young guys uh, skating alongside Tony Dotto who will try and anchor that line and, and shepherd them along. So it's uh, certainly just an interesting group up front. And it's a very deep group. I mean, you got uh, four lines that you can toss out there. 
and really expect to produce in any sort of situation. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but of course, it's going to take some time. And you, need, you know me, Huss, I'm always coming on and preaching patience. There's a lot of these young, skilled players, but it's going to take some time for them to sort things out, find their way at the pro level. And uh, well, you know what? Sometimes it hits day one and off you go. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. So we'll see how those young, skilled forwards play out. But if they are able to find that skill and really get rolling, then I think you're going to see a loose team that has some really good balance up front and a good amount of skill. Loving the walk and talk, by the way. This is just an unbelievable <laughs> visual. This is another reason, podcast listeners, why you got to come and join us on the YouTube channel as uh, Dan Fink is uh, live at Canada Life Centre before the uh, the Moose Home Opener tonight. Um, just real quick, you mentioned Chibrikov, Jilkin, uh, who we're looking forward to see. Of those young players, um, any of them stand out in camp? Um, uh, who uh, are you going to be keeping a keen eye on tonight when uh, you make the first call of the AHL campaign? I don't know if it's really anybody so much as stood out is that you're just excited to see what they do at these levels. I mean, for Nikita Chibrikov, of course, there's been a lot of excitement about the skill he brings fans. Got to see him at Dev Camp and again at Winnipeg Jets Training Camp and have been intrigued by this smallish forward that has a ton of skill, but is also a little feisty. He'll get into the mix. He's throwing hits. He's uh, he's mucking things up. So um, when you get to a guy like that, obviously there's, there's a lot of intrigue and excitement. People just don't know him yet. And then, of course, a little bit more known quantities and Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert, the supremely skilled first-round picks. And uh, for fans... How can you not help but be excited about those young guys? Danny Jilkin as well. Speedster, real good head on his shoulders on the ice and, and creates just from that uh, two great combinations. I mean, when you're a smart player, you can help yourself out if you're not very fast. When you're a fast player, you can help yourself out if you're maybe not the highest hockey IQ guy. You put both of those together, that's an exciting mix. So I think a lot of these young players are really exciting to keep an eye on for myself, for fans, for the organization. And of course, you have those perennial guys like Jeff Mallott. Can he push from being a perennial 20-goal scorer to maybe being a 30-goal scorer if he gets a little more consistent? So I, I think that's always exciting. Those guys that have been around and logged some tough minutes for this news team, you always want to see successful and, and push up to another level, if, if it isn't the NHL, to the elite levels of the AHL. So there's a lot to be excited about for this news club. Can't wait to drop the puck tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, home opener tonight. They'll go at it again on Sunday. We've got a little contest for some tickets for Sunday's game, that which we'll tell you about in a minute. Uh, what do fans need to know if they're uh, kind of thinking, oh, I got an open night tonight on a Friday. Maybe we'll head down there for the home opener. Oh, puck drops at 7 o'clock. Of course, it is home opener, as you mentioned. So we want you in your seats early. Help us welcome out the team to the ice. That'll get going a little bit before 7 o'clock to make sure we're dropping the puck on time. Uh, so always exciting. There is a flag giveaway tonight. And Hus, we're not giving away like small car flags. We're giving away flags, like three by five flags. I think they are. Is the uh, looks like the uh, Florida Panthers are wrapping up practice behind me there. But uh, so looking forward to that giveaway as well. You can see him being worn as capes and end up on kids' walls for the next few years, hopefully. But uh, so be sure to get in early to get your flags. And, uh, of course, moosehockey.com slash tickets to get yours. If you can't make the game, I'm not providing you excuses. You should come downtown. It's a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. 
Um, but if you can't make the game, we'll be on 680 CGOB starting at 6.30 with an extended pregame show. Welcoming a new color commentator to the broadcast in Regan O'Grady tonight. Um, as well, we'll be on AHL TV. If you want to check out the AHL TV product and uh, see what's in store for the season, if you want to pick up a road pass, haven't made quite that jump to, to keep it a closer eye on the moose, check it out tonight. It's a free view. You can watch, uh, watch the game with uh, some great production value here at Canada Life Center. But, of course, with all that said, we want to see you out here. Come hang out in the rink. It's going to be a blast. Get to welcome this new team to the ice. See some of these young Jets prospects get going against what was top team in the regular season in the AHL last season, the Calgary Wranglers. Great stuff, Dan. Uh, all the best to you on a great season in the booth. All the best to the squad. I'll be down there tonight. Looking forward to seeing the game. And uh, let's drop the puck. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, Huss. Thanks for having me on. We'll, we'll see you here tonight. You got it. We'll talk to you soon throughout the year. Dan Fink, play-by-play voice of the Manitoba Moose. And as he mentioned, that game on 680 CJOB. Uh, well, I think we've recovered from that massive crash. Thanks to everyone that uh, did jump back in with us. We will get marbles going as usual. Hit that thumbs up. We can. Uh, it'd be nice if we could get to a hundred for this uh, part two of the show today. Um, just before we bring in hacksaw, big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. It's the weekend. Everyone likes a few cold beers. Well, good news if you're at the Moose game or the Winnipeg Jets game this weekend. Little Brown Jug, now available as an official partner of the Winnipeg Jets. You'll find it at Craft Beer Corner, north end of the main level of the arena, as well as at the south end. And for those of you in the upper bowl tomorrow for the home opener, you're going to find it at the new Craft Beer Corner in the upper bowl in the bar outside section 310. Nothing better than Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. You can uh, find it at the rink, anywhere that sells great beer, and pop down and see them at the Brewery and Tap Room on William Avenue and online at littlebrownjug.ca with local delivery options as well. And a big thanks to our friends Nick and Nikki for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. The Nick and Nikki DQ Group has four locations with those delicious blizzards, amazing stack burgers, and more waiting for you, for you and your family. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And don't forget about the new Pita Pit in Niverville. Nick and Nikki have for you. Healthy, fast, delicious. Nothing like the Pita Pit. Great catering as well. Hit them up on Insta or on uh, Twitter at Pita Pit Niverville for catering options. All right. We will get into marbles in a little bit, but it does look like uh, registration is open. So do that. And while you put in exclamation mark marbles, be sure to hit the thumbs up. But let's welcome in the man himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, to the program. Get ready for a big weekend in the NFL. And, of course, lots going on with the NHL dropping the puck and Major League Baseball continuing. Hacksaw, what is going on? How are you, my friend? Hustler, opening weekend of the NHL and the American Hockey League. So I'm pleased, and of course, there's not enough hours in the day to do this, you know, between the NFL and NHL and baseball playoffs and the opening of the NBA season a week from now, there's a ton of topics on the table. Hey, quickly, this just hit last night. I mean, uh, maybe thoughts on uh, the Chiefs, kind of a, I don't want to say sleepwalking through the game. We're very good in the red zone, but the defense still looks really good. The plight of the Broncos now is they continue on with just one win and uh, thoughts on the Phillies uh, making it to the NLCS at the expense of the Braves. Well, we'll talk about baseball just for 30 seconds here. Uh, it's been a shocker. 
I mean, you got the Atlanta Braves gone, the Dodgers gone, hundred win Orioles out. Uh, and then obviously what happened in the wild card round, 99 wins doesn't get you very much in Tampa Bay where they had the two worst crowds in baseball playoff history dating back to 1919 and the White Sox, Cincinnati Reds, Black Sox scandal. Think about that. So, I mean, it has just been wild what has transpired in Major League Baseball in the playoffs. And I don't know if there's any explanation. You know, the Dodgers got whacked three straight by Arizona, including losing two at Chavez Ravine and Dodger fan is booing everybody, and there's still no explanation. How could a 100-win team this year get eliminated in the first round? And they won 111 last year, and they got eliminated in the second round. So a lot of introspection with Dodger baseball as to why they're not winning at the point they, with the roster they have and the amount of money that they've spent. And I don't understand what's happened to an Atlanta because they just pounded everybody, and they get into this playoff series of the Phillies, and the Phillies are the ones that are hitting home balls everywhere. Atlanta is... Pitching might have gone away a little bit. So it, it's weird. And now, now we go to the American League Championship Series. And how about this? Old school baseball. Bruce Bochy, Dusty Baker in the dugouts. The Battle of the Lone Star State. Houston Astros, Texas Rangers in the ALCS. That's going to be amazing. And Philadelphia bombs away. Home run derby. Here comes Arizona. Arizona's going to wake up this weekend and realize where the hell they are. And, oh, my God, we're in the National League Championship Series. And that's Bryce Harper and the boys hitting home runs every inning at Citizens Bank Ballpark. So, yeah, it's it's been a wild couple of weeks in Major League Baseball. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we'll look forward to these series. A lot of Jays fans having a tough time watching uh, Guriel and Moreno do what they're doing, considering the inability of the entire team, but also Dalton Varsho to hit. Uh, but we won't get into the Blue Jays. Um, Chiefs-Broncos last night. Chiefs getting it done. They actually did cover. Often they'll kind of just get by in some of these games where it's a seemingly mismatch. But um, I'm interested in your thoughts on where the Broncos go from here, uh, Lee. Uh, this is ugly. Um, they did nothing offensively for the majority of the game, minus that one touchdown drive. It seems like they are on the way to uh, a miserable season, far worse than I think most people could have imagined when Sean Payton took over. I don't think anybody could have thought this was going to turn out the way it did with Sean Payton. You think about the price they paid. I mean, they paid a first and a second round draft pick to New Orleans to get the right to hire Sean Payton. And then their their team has just been decimated by injuries. Their wide receiver core is shredded. And they've had problems in the offensive front. And now what had been a number one ranked defense just a couple of years ago under Vic Fangio, they're throwing guys overboard. They just released their, their high-priced free agent defensive end, Frank Clark. Last week they traded uh, the controversial pass rusher, Randy Gregory. He was dumped. They sent him to San Francisco for a late-round draft pick. Rumors are everywhere that people are calling him, trying to pick, pick the carcass right now. Maybe they're going to move one or two of their wide receivers and just tank the whole season and get into rebuild mode. I kind of feel sorry for Russell Wilson. He just looks to be a shell of himself right now. I mean, when he had 37 yards passing in the first half last night, at, at one point I think Kansas City had 218 yards, and I think the Broncos had 47 yards in offense right near halftime. So I don't think they have enough players. Then they got injuries on top of the players they had, and obviously the system that Peyton's put in just isn't working real well offensively. So... This is going to turn out to be just a god-awful year up in Denver. You know, Peyton's got this mega contract. It's not like his job's in jeopardy, but I never thought it'd be this painful at all, him walking in the front door. Lee, as we go into the uh, into the week uh, and Sunday, 
there's some teams that have looked like abject disasters. And I've got to ask you about the New England Patriots and where that team is right now. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this on Bill Belichick's watch in a long time. Two humiliating defeats as they go into uh, into Vegas to take on the Raiders coming off that big Monday night win. And the Giants, not surprisingly with the quarterback injury because their quarterback has been getting murdered behind that offensive line pretty much from uh, the start of the season. Well, in, in terms of uh, the Giants' scenario, I mean, the reality is that they jumped a lot of people the first half of last season. Now, if you go back and look at their results from about the middle of the season on, that was not the same team. Everything caught up to them. Daniel Jones plays with such guts. I mean, he takes so many hits, and now he's out. Again, now he's got a sprained neck on top of everything else. And Saquon Barkley, the, the high-priced running back, can't stay on the field. He, he's got another major injury. He's been out. He was out a whole chunk a, a couple of years ago. He's just just an accident waiting to happen. They don't have enough wide receivers. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones, has been sacked 28 times. Just taken a fierce pounding. So the, the Giants, I think, have to step back from the fray and reevaluate their player personnel roster decisions because they just don't have enough people to compete uh, to put around that quarterback. So that's a disaster. Uh, in terms of other teams in trouble, I think the general manager in New England has failed the coach. In, I think Belichick, the general manager, has screwed Belichick, the coach. They have no playmakers on their roster. Uh, and for some odd reason, Belichick just doesn't want to pay guys in free agency to bring marquee guys in here that are going to make a difference. And Mac Jones has regressed at quarterback. I thought that the linkage with the new coordinator, Bill O'Brien, because they had a history in the past, would have worked better. And he's just not very competitive, and they're not protecting him, and they don't have anybody down the field to throw to, and their running game is kind of negligible defensively. I mean, they've drafted really well. As a head coach, Belichick's a great defensive coordinator. But I'll tell you, Belichick, the player, personnel, director, general manager, he's totally responsible for this mess. And I, I did a talk show back to Boston, and we were just talking NFL headlines. I was told the word that I'm, is being used in New England right now is tension. There is enormous tension within that football building in Foxborough because suddenly Robert Kraft does not like what he's seen. And despite the greatness of Belichick and, and Tom Brady in that era and aura, now it's become nothing but errors in terms of player acquisition. So, yeah, they got a real big problem on their hands. And one of the other hot spots right now is Carolina. And I, I thought this process was going to take time for Frank Reich. But, geez, they're not really competitive offensively right now. Don't have a lot of firepower people. You know, this is a club that a year ago traded Christian McCaffrey. Then this past offseason traded their top receiver, D.J. Moore, and those guys have gone to Frisco and gone to Chicago and are doing really well. And Carolina just doesn't have enough people. And quarterback is making mistakes. And you would expect it to be tough on Bryce Young. And he's experiencing things he's never experienced, like throwing a ton of interceptions and taking sacks and losing games. So it's just really been a struggle. So those are three of the real trouble spots, I think, right now in the NFL. And it, virtually all of it's got to do with you don't have enough players to play the game. You know, AFC North is such an interesting uh, division. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers haven't looked very good at all this year. Their defense has basically won them two games, and yet maybe this is just the story of Mike Tomlin. The guy is just a winner and finds a way, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are in first place in this division coming into this weekly. With that offense, with that bleeping <laughs> offense, they were in first place. Now, Baltimore's a little schizo. I mean, that Ravens loss last week, 
that was galling. Uh, but, you know, Baltimore had, had reconfigured everything offensively, and they went out and added wide receivers and tight ends to complement Lamar Jackson. And then Odell Beckham gets hurt twice in four weeks, can't stay on the field. Uh, their young receivers are dropping balls all over the place, and all of a sudden it's Lamar Jackson throwing, Lamar Jackson running, Lamar Jackson is the entire offense. So Baltimore, despite how hard they've tried to add things around their quarterback, just has not has not worked out. Cincinnati is going to come back. It looks like Joe Burrow now is close to being 100%. That 15-reception game Jamar Chase had last weekend, that was spectacular. And the one that's in trouble is Cleveland. Uh, and I'm sure by the time we get to the sixth or seventh week of the season, we'll do a hot list of who's on the hot seat. But Kevin Stefanski's got a lot of problems in Cleveland. And under Sean Watson is hurt again. He's got a significant bruise of his rotator cuff. He's not playing. And how about this? Cleveland is starting an XFL quarterback, P.J. Walker, this weekend. MVP XFL at, quarterback, P.J. Walker. And he will come to line of scrimmage, and he will look at the snorting San Francisco 49ers defense. How bad is that? Last week, the Browns uh, played their young backup quarterback, the rookie from UCLA, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And that was kind of culture shock for him because he played really well in preseason, was really competitive. He went to the line of scrimmage last week, and he took a pile of sacks, and he threw three picks, and he was freaked out. So now he understands that preseason does not have a heck of a lot to do in comparison with what happens in the NFL regular season. So those teams in the AFC North, it's strange. Uh, there's still a lot of unrest in Pittsburgh about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. There's a rumbling out there, and Tomlin doesn't hit panic buttons. He tries to coach his teams out of the toughest times. There's a rumor out there that if they hit the eject button on Matt Canada, maybe by the end of the season, if it turns out to be a, this terrible campaign, that Mike Tomlin might talk to John Gruden because they're pretty tight. Now, it's kind of odd considering Gruden's kind of blackballed out of the NFL, so we'll keep an eye on that situation. But Pittsburgh just didn't have a lot of firepower. They got the great young receiver, George Pickett and Kenny Pickett, but, you know, they're not running the ball very well. Their tight ends are all, always hurt, so... Yeah, it's weird. Pittsburgh at first place. Shake your head at that. Well, and, uh, you know, this is a nice little segue quickly to hockey, but Penguins opened up the season against the Blackhawks on Tuesday night. Crosby, Bedard, the entire arena was chanting, Fire Canada. So the Pittsburgh Steelers making <laughs> themselves heard at the hockey game last night. Before we go, Lee, and again, folks, get to LeeHacksawHamilton.com. It doesn't get much busier at the website than it is right now. And, of course, Lee's YouTube channel. Um, but we got the Kings coming into town on Tuesday. Our old pal Pierre-Luc Dubois. Just a quick thought on uh, how Dubois looked in his debut with the Kings and uh, the <coughs> Kings as a team right now that we'll see uh, here in the peg on Tuesday night, Lee. Uh, they're built to win. They got firepower. They got It's just no longer Hunzi Kopitar. And Kempe has really evolved into a sniper. I'm waiting to see what Dubois looks like. Uh, he, he looks strange to me, and maybe it's just because I've seen him in Jets colors. And to see him with the Kings, uh, I thought he'd do more offensively, be more of a physical presence. Maybe not right now. Uh, but Rob Blake's done a hell of a job flipping this thing. Got some young guys who have yet to service as goal scorers, but he's got a lot of veterans who can put the puck in the net. And he's obviously got Drew Doughty playing 100 minutes a night. Uh, I think the only concern I have about the Kings is just do they have the right combo at goal? <clears throat> you know, can Phoenix Copley actually handle this full 80-plus game schedule? So 
that's going to be a challenge there. But there's no doubt in the Pacific Division, I think they're going to be a player and they're going to be in the upper echelon. You know, and the, and the whole the, the whole thing, the whole season started to me really strange. I mean, here's Edmonton with all this firepower, all oh. this talent. Half of Canada, everybody west of <coughs> west of Air Canada Center, Maple Leaf Gardens, thinks Edmonton is a player. And they go into Vancouver and they get smoked. And how's that possible? I don't know if Vancouver has any goal scores and they beat him 8-1. I just couldn't believe how the season started. And then we're down here in Southern California, aside from the Kings, we got the Ducks and Anaheim is opening their season in Vegas. And they have four players, 20 years or younger, on their opening night roster, which is a shocker because we all thought all these kids, and they got a ton of young guys coming. We thought they were all going to be with the San Diego Gulls to start the American Hockey League season. And instead, uh, Pat Verbeek sent four NHL veterans. Think about that mindset. Four NHL veterans to the American Hockey League, and they're on the Gulls opening night roster riding buses in the AHL. Now, whether that's going to continue well, remains to be seen, but I'm shocked the Ducks are force-feeding as many as their young pups as they are right now. Yeah, it. Um, uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Leo Carlson can do in the, in the Ducks lineup. And uh, Lee, you know, usually uh, we say it's the best 15 minutes of your day, but it might need to be best 20 or 25 with all that's going on right now over at the site. I need four full hours like I had on Sports Talk Radio because there are just too many topics on the table. But that being said, in Manitoba, uh, you like this guy. Hey, sample our stuff stateside. Uh, website, it's all written every day, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. My podcast, we do Thursdays and then a bonus Monday podcast. That's on my YouTube channel, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Hey, and belated congratulations to you. Despite your shortcomings, for you and your team to get to 10,000 subscribers, that's a hell of an accomplishment. That thumbs up to you. Lee, thanks so much. Thanks for everything. You're a big part of it. We love these chats on Friday. Enjoy a great sports weekend. Check out that Jets-Kings game tomorrow afternoon, I guess 1 o'clock your time, and we'll do it again next week. Hustler, have yourself a great sports weekend, and salute to your fans. Thanks, man. Great stuff. There it is, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Get over to the site. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And check out him on uh, Twitter at Hacksaw1090. All right. Great to see most of you have come back. We appreciate that epic crash that we had earlier. It had been a minute since we've had one of those. But it may have been, it may have been associated with some marble track testing. The truth will never come out. Um, but we are going to get to that right away. Hit that thumbs up button while you're at it. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And we will get going with marbles in just a couple of minutes. But we'll do last call right now for entries. And uh, Remus can get that going. And uh, I'll get over to our cool bet lines. As I mentioned, new lock shop today. About 50 minutes of NFL talk with our favorite picks and best bets for the weekend. Well, let's take a quick look at the National Hockey League. We don't have odds yet for tomorrow's Jets home opener. We do have two games tonight in the National Hockey League. Devils opening against the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Devils minus 239. Coyotes plus 200 on the road. And Ovi and Sid, the great rivalry, rekindled tonight. Pittsburgh coming off a disappointing home opening loss to the Blackhawks. Minus 122 favorites on the road. Washington, a home dog at plus 104 as Alex Ovechkin resumes his quest for the all-time NHL goal-scoring title over the great Wayne Gretzky. And as far as the NFL goes, all the odds are up. 
but I will point you towards the cool bet exclusives. We cranked out the lock shop today. We got a couple partner parlays. Um, the one that we did with the group, Colts plus four and a half, Bengals minus two and a half, Lions minus two and a half. That one's boosted up to plus 600. And after going 4-0 and last week and providing a winning exclusive, the Ride With Huss is back. We're taking the Vikings minus two and a half and then a couple big underdogs with some big points. I'm taking Cleveland plus 10 and a half against those 49ers. The weather's apparently going to be atrocious. The Browns' defense is legit. I think this game is going to be a bit of a slog, very low scoring. I'm going to take the home team with the points plus 10 and a half. I'm also going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus seven and a half against the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi. Uh, Cardinals, they did get waxed by the Bengals. They've been very, very fierce and competitive, though, this year. Just ask the Dallas Cowboys. I think this game's going to be close. I'm taking the points there. That one's up at plus 570. And uh, the fellas, I was traveling, but they've also got a, a CFL one up. Ticats plus three and a half. Riders plus four and a half. Alouettes minus one and a half. That one's in at plus 650. All there at the Cool Bet exclusives. Use the promo code WST. If you haven't played there before, pop in WST on your first deposit. Hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Uh, all right, let's get Remus back in here. And Remo, have we recovered from a, a technological disaster mid-show? Yeah, that was bad. Um, I was testing. Oh, my camera's not working now. I was testing uh, marble tracks, <laughs> which I shouldn't have been doing on this computer while it was playing. And I guess I did one too many. And uh, yeah, it crashed the whole thing. So now we have two parts on YouTube. Podcast listeners probably won't notice a difference. There's going to be a gap in there, but I think we figured it out. And People are asking if I was, like, dropping F-bombs or sweating or I feel like I need to take a shower after that one. No. I was actually... <laughs> shower, of course. I was actually really um, extremely calm over here, so... I've it's dealt growth. with... It's growth here, folks. I'll say I've dealt with um, everything doing this, any kind of technical issues, so... There's not a lot that phases me. I'd only get annoyed when I don't know what the problem is, but I pretty aware was happening and just waiting for it to fix itself so uh, obviously sucked that we are in two parts now on youtube but shout out to everyone who did come along sorry i'm just plugging in and unplugging my camera yeah no problem with that well listen while we uh, get marbles ready to go um we uh, obviously we've got all the entries in thanks everyone for uh, for jumping in we'll be playing for a world famous Winnipeg sports talk blue hoodie, courtesy of our friends at Ship and Associates. Shout out to Shippy. Um, but I guess uh, we need to get some Tristan Rivers going before mm. we enter the Marble Dome here on WST on a home opening Friday. Sure, let me just get that ready, and I'm just fixing up my camera. Which oh, I'm back now. You're back. Um, one Welcome. thing. That, one thing that we've teased quite a bit. That we didn't mention is moose tickets. Um, if you want yes. moose tickets for Sunday, uh, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. Uh, so if you're on the podcast, that'll be up till, you know, late tonight. And enter. Only enter if you can go to the game yeah. on Sunday. We yeah. don't want to waste the tickets. Last time, no names, but people going, oh, I entered, but I didn't think I would win. Don't enter if you cannot go to the game. It's Sunday 
Game two of the regular season. Yeah. WinnipegSportsTalk.com slash contest. If you want to go to the game and we'll use the tickets, enter. If you got plans on Sunday, if you're watching NFL, please don't so we can get these to people that want to go to the game. Um, do that for the Sunday tickets. I do also have one pair for tonight. I'm going to be heading to the game. But if you do want a pair for the home opener tonight, um, get on X, formerly known as Twitter. Send me a DM. I'm at Hustlerama with your email. And again, only if you're free tonight and will go if I pick you. Send me a DM right now. And uh, just right after the show, I will randomly pick a winner as long as you're able to go and fire you those tickets this afternoon and maybe see you at the game tonight. So we've got four for Sunday. Those are being done at winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. But if you want to go tonight, if you're free, if you will go, if I pick you, send me a DM at Hustlerama with your email, and I'll fire out a pair of tickets after the show to do exactly that. Um, all right, let's uh, get a little Tristan Rivers sure. and uh, get going with a marble race. Well, yeah, let me... Let me get it ready. I'm just trying to. I had a track us, and then I was like, "Yeah, that track's so good. I'm ready to do it." Now I think I forgot the name. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to pick one. I had a really, really good one. Oh well. Well, here I'll go with Tristan Rivers. Which one are you feeling today? Here I'll do this one. Okay, ready? You bet. All right. It's Friday. Another week of words gone by. ACDC version from the King, Tristan Rivers Music, multiple-time Marbles winner himself, and the uh, the muse, if you will, of the Winnipeg digital sports talk community. Um, but let's do it. We're uh, well past 3 p.m. It's been a great show, though. Fired up for this Moose game tonight. See the new the new squad. Get a chance to see Nikita Chibrikov for the first time. Lambert, Lucius, Danny Zilkin. Looking forward to that. Again, if you want to go to the game tonight... I've got two extra tickets. DM me on X at Hustlerama. Include your email. And as soon as we're done the show, I'll pick a winner and fire those tickets and hopefully see you tonight. Uh, all right. What's the sitch for this uh, this race this afternoon there, I'm, dude? I'm just loading it. Uh, loading it now. I need to throw out ACDC because they did play their first gig in a long time last weekend at Power Trip in Indio, California, site of Coachella. Uh, Power Trip, great show. Has who is there? Metallica, Isn't Guns and Roses. on that too? Yeah, Tool, Judas Priest. Uh, I wish I could have gone. I saw there was one WST listener on Instagram who was like front row for all the shows. I was insanely 
insanely jealous. So uh, let me grab all the entries. Actually, well, I fully forgot. I've been dealing with stuff. Yeah, over, while you're doing here. that, let me put out. I know Bruce probably was there. The one thing that I regretted not being in Winnipeg in the middle of the week was that I missed the Wu Tang Clan concert along with Nas. Um, anybody go? Let me know there. Um, and you know what? While we're doing this, let's bang out another why not question of the day for our friends over at Not Autocorp. Um, you know, we talked about the season overall. We had reaction to the home opener. Um, thoughts on this weekend. Thoughts on tomorrow afternoon for the Winnipeg Jets. Will this team head into next week welcoming the Kings at 1-1? One and one? Or uh, are the Florida Panthers going to be too much for the Winnipeg Jets and they'll be facing their first win or looking for their first win on Tuesday? Let us know. Why not question of the day brought to you by the gang at Not Auto Corp. Pop by and see him over at Waverly and McGilvery. I'm, uh, I'm fired up for it. Oh, Royster said Method Man was also there. Looking forward to uh, to that. And uh, a wicked show, T. Konopoly. Yes. Loving it. Um, all right. How many people do we have today? Man, I've never seen such a, a ratio here, Hustler, of entries to viewers. Maybe because we had to do this new stream, but we have 230 entrants. And like there's, <laughs> there's 260 people in the chat. So well done, everyone. The I've never... Marvel crew is here. The Marvel crew stepped up. They'll find a way. Um, so again, appreciate the patience there with that little um, mi- not happen. even a mix-up. That issue that we had earlier on, just another another day on WST. We haven't had many of those like that for a long, long time. And uh, yes, you've got you've got something that will. I got to upgrade, do an upgrade tonight. It's not happening again. So I'm ready. I'm prepared. It's been sitting here. It should be in the computer, but it's on my on the computer right now lessons learned lessons learned Uh, upgrade happened this weekend doug phil you're exactly right right we are all in um okay so let's uh let's do it let's get marbles up let's get these entries in let's pick a track and uh, let's have a little fun to finish off this friday night let us know thoughts though on uh, tomorrow's home opener in the chat feeling good i'm looking forward to it yeah if you're in the marble race hit that thumbs up as well Let's get that to 200 while everyone waits to see if they're the big winner today. Am I entering anyone else? Is Libel getting a, a that race? Definitely, definitely. The, the, the sports rabbi is getting yeah. one. Let's give one to Marat. Let's give one to Hacksaw. Let's give one to Fink. Dan Fink, Hacksaw. Should we give one to Shafley and Hellebuck? Yes, yes, definitely. Contract extensions. They both sure. get marbles. We'll Absolutely. Gi- Great we'll, call. We'll give it to them. There we go. Uh, I got a lot of people giving me computer advice in the chat now. I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. And then SK is laughing. They said we hadn't screwed up in a long time. I had multiple, I had screwed up multiple days in a row after FanFest, but I had been pretty good, pretty good since in terms of uh, the technical issues. So, oh well, uh, it's going to happen. The shows have been solid. The crowds have been great. Vibes are high around the Jets, around Winnipeg Sports Talk. And they'll be particularly high for uh, whoever gets across the finish line first. Uh, now we just we need to know where we're going. And then we'll get everything set up with a big, big crew. Just about every person that is with us on the stream is actually in the marble race, which is definitely a first. Sure, yes. So, man, we've got 260 people in the, watching. Like, 231 entered. Oh, Leslie said give one to uh, Chevy for getting the deals done. 
So you know I, what? I, I, I'm agree. I, I'm there with you on that as well. I threw Kevin Chevel Day off in there. Imagine if we present we presented him a hoodie hat. It, you know, that would be something else. We could go in. We still need to hook up with Bones. I'm going to do that at some point, you know, maybe in the uh, – maybe this week, actually, with the team at home. Um, well, we'll see if Chevy can win. Wouldn't that be something? See a lot of people talking about uh, Lexi Thompson, who's uh, playing on the PGA Tour this week, tied for 50th, just dropped a birdie, and she drove a 296-yard par four on the PGA Tour – what a story she is. That's going to be, uh, she's minus three for the day, minus one overall, and inside the projected cut line at the Shriners. Great, great story from the world of uh, world of golf right now. Um, here's the latest update from Justin Ray. Minus three through 16 in her second round. She's got a par five left and is on the current cut line. The only woman in history to make a cut on the PGA Tour is Babe Zaharias, who did it last in 1945. So we could be looking at some uh, some big-time golf history this weekend at the Shriners from uh, LPGA star Lexi Thompson. Uh, all right, how are we looking? Yeah, I'm just picking the track here. There was I'm trying to remember the name of this great track that I had, and I completely forgot. I'm such a dummy. Such a great track that we'll never figure out, that I'll never find again. Oh, well. Is it uh, one of the uh, user-created ones? Yeah, or? I'm going through all these user, because some of them are good, some of them are not good, and I want to make sure that it's good. But um, And someone requested one with a really high elimination rate. <laughs> I'm not... I usually go per- keep it low, so like people have a shot at finishing, but... Uh, oh, well. Okay, I'll just pick this one. Uh, oh, I think I did this one. Sure. Is this the one? Tested it. Fire it up and get it up, and, I mean, you can always pull it out if uh, it doesn't look like the one that you tested. Okay, let me do one. I'll show you what I'm dealing with here, because we've got to end this thing. We can't be doing this forever. Uh, community map. So I sort by like I don't know. The thing is, some of them are really bad, and you can't see. Some of them are good, but we can just guess if you want. So I go by elimination rate. Let me pick. Where is the one that I had? It was. Was it this one? Super falling wormhole, main coconut nightmare. These are like ninety nine percent. I was hanging around more like. Yeah, ninety nine percent might be a bit much. 82% inescapable bouncing box. Was this the one? They all had the weirdest name. This one I didn't really like. I don't know. So I'll just pick one. Let's and do people, it. Mystery track. Mystery track Friday well, today. Well, it'll be a mystery. It'll be a mystery. The computer crashed. I couldn't. I could only do so much. Get maybe like a 50, a 50 percentile uh, roughly, like with a half decent time. You want it. 50. Hmm. All right, let's see this one. Vivid Imposing Bridge. All right, here we go. It's about a 50-50 shot. But um, you're going to be able to do Ooh, it. This one looks wild. This one looks cool. All right, brand new track. Vivid Imposing Bridge from Bronco Mama. Shout out to Bronco Mama for their work. And there it is, Vibs. Not vibes, but vibs. Um, all right, we've got uh, pretty.
pretty much everyone and everyone with us on YouTube is in the race. Good luck, everyone. We got a hoodie for the winner. Getting ready for the home opener tomorrow for the Jets, tonight for the Moose. Only one thing to do before the weekend is officially on, and that is drop the marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. New track. Let's do it. A lot of drama here with everything we've been through today. Very, I will say this, the the visuals on this one is uh, really quite cool. They got the two snake-like coils or the hearts on them. Double corkscrew. When we get down here, we'll have a better idea, but uh, it's anyone's race right now. There's no separation whatsoever from all of the marbles. We'll see who's officially first as we get out of this first corkscrew. Cruiser 24. Looked like they hit it first. We got Darren Selly on the other side. But uh, we've seen the uh, the pack split. Seems like there's a few more marbles on the left side. Evan Hunter out in front on the right side. And Cruiser with a very slight lead on the other side. Ken B's actually worked ahead. I see Frosty Winnipeg in a pretty good spot right there as well. And now we're into more double corkscrews on the vivid, imposing bridge right now. Uh, and again, with all of the back and forth on the corkscrew, we really won't know who's first until we get these out. Um, but it looks like Evan Hunter and Ken B are the first, and now everyone's going to come back together in the middle. I think Evan Hunter is slightly ahead no, Ken B and Evan Hunter right now. Corey O as well. Your top three. And just an absolutely massive group of marbles right behind them. Ken B's now popped out with a little bit of a lead. Corey O looking very good. And Evan Hunter. I think BA uh, BA Boogers there. All right. Now we're getting into this bridge. Oh. Okay. We've just had the first couple eliminations. One bird, fun bird out. Unreal shots out as well. Ken B is looking pretty good. Oh, I see what's happening here. This is like a bridge with blocks going up and down. Very cool. All right, here we go. It's going to come right down to it. Anybody's race. Winnipeg Walter is in first. Ken and Ken 007 with the win. Moose 3, Camaro 928. I think that's Ron P., Tim Bratt, Caitlin, Caitlin Venegrad, uh, Mark A., can be Gitch Lishka with a top 10 performance. Nicely done, Gitch. And we see many of these. Uh, there's a lot of marbles that are getting thrown over the top rope as well as we finish this up. Not too bad. Not too bad. Visually a great course and that, definitely a very close one. That one was okay. I'll, I'll be better next week. I, I messed it all up. Pre-game, pre-game, uh, but again, a fair race. Everyone was there, and Ken007 is the winner. As we go through the, uh, oh, Moose 3 with uh, second place. Camaro, top five, Ron P., and I believe that's Timbro 1. As I said, Caitlin Vongrad, 6th. Mark, uh, Mark and Vanasuk, uh, 7. Ken B., the Gitch in 9th, and then Gordo in 10th. Uh, oh, Royal Sports, 12th. Nice one, Greg. Pretty excellent performance. Uh, we're going to keep on rolling down. Hacksaw. Look at Hacksaw getting in there at 23rd. Big Rob Kane. Saw Rob last night. What's up, Rob? 
Shout out to you, uh, Colorado Lowe's. There's Turd Ferguson. Uh, my pal Tyson Ducharme, 33 for buff. T. Kona Pauly, finish it, 44. BA split. Connor, what up, Connor? Got some cool stuff coming up with Connor in the next couple of weeks, folks. There's their uh, pal Bravo Bry. Tristan Rivers music there towards the bottom. Keep her rolling, Reem. Oh, let's see. Oh, Amanda, nicely done. 66 for Lemieux. David Asplund. We got Derek Honer. Kochi 51s uh, there right around the 70 mark. I'm going to keep on rolling it down here. Everyone can see where they finished up. There's Mary Jane. Hi, Mary Jane. Have a great weekend. Derek Schmidt, final one to get across the board at 110. And then everyone else bit the dust towards the end and got thrown over the top rope. Ken007, though, congratulations, buddy. Hit us up with an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We'll uh, arrange a time maybe next week for you to come and pop by and pick up your WST hoodie. Again, shout out to our pal Scott Shippum and the Shippum folks for the, for the uh, hoodies for our marbles winners. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Again, if you are able to and will go to the Moose game tonight, fire me a DM. I've got an extra pair of tickets. We'll fire those out to someone for the home opener. And don't forget, gang, tomorrow, party in the plaza, noon to 2.30, music, entertainment. Man, we had a great conversation with Patrick yesterday. They're going to be headlining. We're also going to have some great food and beverage options from the Hargrave Street Market. It should be a great way to kick off the Winnipeg Jets season. Uh, I'll be up in 316 tomorrow night. Pop by and say hi to an intermission around that bar. And then we're counting down to get together with the WST crew for the first game of our four-game pack on Tuesday. I'll have more details on that on Monday's show Cannot wait for it. Thanks to all of our guests today. A great visit from the sports rabbi, Matt Libel. If you tuned in late, the show is in two parts, so you can check out Matt and Marat in part one of it. Hacksaw, Dan Fink coming up in the second half. Um, but have yourself a great weekend. Monday's show will be huge. Opening the season for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll break it down, get ready for the LA Kings, the latest on the Moose. Big weekend in the National Football League and a look ahead to another home game week for the Bombers as they look to clinch the West next Saturday against the Edmonton Elks. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to the sponsors that make our show happen each and every day. Go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click on contest. If you're able to and will use tickets for the Moose game on Sunday, we'll give those away after the show as well. Podcast listeners, jump on that as well. We'll send those out tomorrow. And otherwise, enjoy the home opener tomorrow when the Jets take on the uh, Florida Panthers. And yes, we will definitely review the goal songs, which will be announced tomorrow at the game on Monday's show. Folks, have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you Monday on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.